You're listening to Banter, a BMX podcast with John Dowker and Anthony Berardi. Welcome to Banter, a BMX podcast. This is episode four. Um, I'm here with John Dowker. How are you doing, John? I'm feeling pretty good. How are you doing, Anthony? I'm pretty excited to talk to today's guest. Uh, and without wasting too much time, I'm just going to get right into it and give the intro. Uh, this month's guest is a rider from Ann Arbor, Michigan, who relocated to Hollywood, California, and is f- and finally to Honolulu, Hawaii, is where we're speaking to him today. Um, he has a bachelor in film from University of Michigan, where he also studied pre-med and a master's degree from the American Film Institute in Los Angeles, California. He created his own public access BMX TV show while still in high school. This uh, this first person, he was the first person to put BMX videos online and mastermind be, uh, behind the informative and cinematically pleasing uh, diversion documentary series. He has worked in Hollywood as a Hollywood editor, speaks multiple languages, and traveled the world. Uh, adding to this, he has an impressive bag of tricks he's mastered over the last thirty odd years of riding. Uh, and I have to say, uh, um, once once I finish this last line, a very well-known figure in BMX Flatland and an all-around great guy, I'd like to welcome Bobby Carter to our show. Um, Bobby, uh, not, o- not only like maybe a month ago, John was like, we got to get this kid, Bobby Carter, on the show. And I was like, isn't he like 40 or something? And John's still calling you a kid. <laughs> Well, I was 15 when he first met me, so <laughs> it's it's funny. I can remember my stepmom uh, being concerned that I was hanging out with Bobby because he was like a kid, and I was, you know, I guess a couple years older than him. And that, yeah. That's weird. That's creepy. <laughs> yeah, still, still friends today. So there you go. So welcome to the show, Bobby. How are you? How are you doing out there in Hawaii? Yeah, how's it? Um, I'm doing good. It's nice out here. Um, yeah, how's the weather? <laughs> Actually, today is a good day. Um, it is like winter time, so it's kind of rainy season, but it's kind of been dry for this winter. It hasn't had that much rain, so um, today's like pretty much perfect weather. Like it's not too hot. It's sunny, blue skies. So yeah, actually, perfect. I'm jealous. Yeah, we hate you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not, not only am I in the depths of winter here in Canada, but uh, right. we're in full lockdown in my area, so we can't even go out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, now, Bobby, Bobby knows winter. And yeah. Ann Arbor, Michigan had some winter, but yeah. Peterborough, Ontario is next level. It's, it's uh-huh. uh, next level. Yeah. Well, hey, I, I wanted to say before we really got into it that I really feel lucky to have uh, two very good friends of mine. I mean, Anthony and I spent a lot of time riding, uh, hanging out, and I don't think it's any different with Bobby. Uh, it might have been different time frames, but uh, it's a real honor to have both you guys on this podcast. So thank you very much, guys. I appreciate oh, that. Honored to be here. <laughs> yeah, I'm stoked you guys are going to meet finally, our, our meeting. <laughs> Virtually, yeah. Virtually. Cool. <laughs> So, um, Bobby, uh, I mean, there's so many things we could uh, start off with, but um, let's just get into BMX. What got you into BMX, man? Um, well, I was always into like break dancing and like that kind of stuff. And you know, BMX is kind of like 
part of that, you know. Um, Did you break dance? I didn't know you broke dance. Broke dance. I mean, break barely, dance. I mean right. as much as a first grader would do, you know what I mean? Like, I was only like seven years old, eight years old, you know, doing a few moves here and there, you know. Sure. Um, but I was, I was all about it, you know what I mean? Just doing, it's basically like tricks, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't know that. You know? So I was always into that kind of stuff. And then at the same time, that's pretty much around where like BMX was like kind of getting bigger. So that must have been like 85, 86, something. And I'm seeing kids on BMX bikes, you know, jumping different little jumps around the school playground and like riding cool bikes through the neighborhood and all that kind of stuff. And um, so I was always kind of like wanting to do that stuff. And um, I ended up getting like a BMX bike in second grade and I called it a dirt bike, you know what I mean? And uh, it was like a predator freeform BG and um, a Schwinn predator. Yeah, Schwinn. Yeah, because there was a Schwinn shop in Ann Arbor, and like I got the Schwinn bike, and it was pretty sick. That's a decent bike, uh, yeah. And um, and I was jumping curbs like any other kid, you know what I mean, and like trying to build little jumps or whatever. But it wasn't until like maybe eighty seven, yeah, nineteen eighty seven, when uh a friend at school showed up with a BMX Plus magazine. And like he was like so stoked on it, and he was like showing it to me. He's like, "Look at that! That's Eddie Fiola! Look at him!" <laughs> and like he's Eddie Fiola is like airing off with some quarter pie, and that was the first time I I saw that this was like a thing. You know what I mean? Like doing tricks was like this whole kind of scene or culture or whatever where you, there were specific tricks you could like learn and go out and do. Not just like do a wheelie or just jump off a curb or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's like it's a scene. All of a sudden, there's a scene, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I was like, "Whoa, that's crazy!" You know what I mean? And then um, there was another kid in my class, and he, um, well, no, let me back up. So, still that same year, um, that was like '87. So they were doing summer tours and. the Dan Up freestyle team came oh, yeah. to Ann Arbor, and uh, I I had my my older sister uh, took me to go see that at Arborland Mall, and like I just I just remember being in the car and like driving into the parking lot and seeing the ramp set up, and there was Hoffman, Aaron, no kidding, Canyon, you know what I mean? Dan Up, I've heard of that, but I, I, I that, yeah, it was it was a it was a Dan yogurt was like drink. A yogurt by Dannon. It was like this little yogurt drink or something. No and, way. And Hoffman was on the team. Who else? And I, yeah, it seemed like I, it was like um it was like a say no to drugs, Dan up, yogurt, freestyle team that they kind of put together to do that tour. Um huh. I don't know all the details. Obviously I was only in fourth grade, but there was a poster, there's all around the mall. And, I remember that, Bobby, and it yeah. was, uh, you're exactly right, Dan Up Say No to Drugs. It was done by the federal government, the Reagan administration. Okay. Uh, they, they they gave some money, I guess, to sponsor it along with Dan Up. And I, I want to say McCoy was part of that, too, yeah. in Adidas. Yeah. It was um, Hoffman, McCoy, Moliterno. I think Gary Pollock was part of it, but he had missed his plane or something, so he wasn't there for that show. And, uh, yeah, I can't remember if there's anybody else along with it, but for us, when they came, when I saw it, it was Hoffman, Moliterno and McCoy. That was a show. 
yeah, it, it was crazy, dude. Like, I was, like, mind blown. And then right away I went home and, like, learned how – because I saw him do that quick spin. I don't know if you remember that trick, the quick spin. Yep. Like, you know, at the end they, he ends up with the bike on the side and he just, like, picks yep. him up and rides away. I, I went home, like, immediately and was like, I need to learn that and, like, learn how to pick up the bike and, like, ride off. I was like, oh, I did it. You know what I mean? <laughs> that, so that was McCoy doing the quick spin? Uh, I think it was McCoy. Yeah, it was McCoy doing this quick spin. And, and what year was that? You were in fourth grade? So? I was in fourth grade. 87. Yeah. And then it's crazy because that same year, uh, Mongoose came to Ann Arbor. And uh, and that was – I can't remember all the dudes that were there, but I know Marty Schlesinger was there for sure. Carl Roth. Carl Roth was there too. I can't remember the other dudes that showed up for that for that show. Um. But I remember they were late, and it was at the bowling alley at Colonial Lanes. I don't know if you remember that, John, but um, in Ann Arbor. Yeah, yeah, it was no in way. Ann Arbor. Yeah, and so two two teams. One came in May, and the other one was like middle of summer sometime. So that was pretty much my introduction to like this whole world of freestyle. You know what I mean? I was like, dude, this is crazy. It's so awesome. And, wow. Uh, yeah. And that, those that was those it. teams. Those teams never came through Peterborough. <laughs> okay. No. Yeah. <laughs> to a foot no. far out of the way. <laughs> but I did I did remember reading about them both in action and plus. Uh back in the day, uh those magazines always used to have the summer tour editions and yep. I was so jealous of not being able to go see them in person. <laughs> yeah, that 80, was eighty seven was quite the year, it seemed like eighty seven, eighty eight for sure. I think that was I think that was like a peak, you know what I mean? It really was, wasn't it? For it, like the introduction so yeah hmm. it seems like every 10 years i mean that's just my theory every 10 years there's kind of like a cycle of something that kind of peaks out i feel hmm. like bmx so if you like kind of look at it you got 87 it was like the introduction it was kind of like bad if you look at 97 that was pretty much like x games and stuff like that hmm. you look at 2007 for flatland yeah. at least that was like red bull circle of balance in tokyo which was like the craziest contest not just because of the contest itself like the competition on the floor but it was a point where red bull was inviting anybody who had anything to do like in the industry like to the contest like just to bring everybody kind of together in 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 japan it was was crazy like they invited me i was like do you need me to make a video or something you want can i you know make a video yeah you can make a video if you want you know what i mean (laughs) they had some money didn't they okay yeah you know what i mean and they're like yeah just come enjoy whatever and like there was like um martin the dude that runs global flat you know scott o'brien was there like all these dudes were there i was like dude this is like everybody who's kind of doing something and it's it's crazy that it lined up at like every 10 years you know what i mean kind of you know what, I mean? what happened in 2017 did anything happen in 2017 <laughs> dude i don't know <laughs> 2017 i moved to hawaii and that was oh, it oh okay <laughs> we're waiting for that yeah waiting for something to happen right uh, yeah that's true it does go in cycles i i feel like uh i almost feel like something needs to kind of be reinvented uh for it to uh get popular again i don't know what it would be but uh yeah. you know something yeah, something. I, yeah, I don't know. It's like way different scene now than it was back then. But but yeah, that's pretty much how I got into it. Um, so so with that said, who would you say in that era, like the '80s, who were your early heroes and influences at that point that you think really kind of kickstart your 
you know, the direction you wanted to take riding or at least oh, the influence. Oh, 100%, dude, 100% it was uh, Ron Wilkerson. <laughs> I was going to say, I yeah, knew that. Because, like, <laughs> for, for me, it was like, yeah, he was a rider, and it was like he rode some flatland, he rode ramps, uh, he kind of introduced street, you know what I mean? And not only that, he was like organizing the contest and sure. all that stuff. So it was like, man, this dude is like not just riding, but he's like building the scene and stuff too. You know what I mean? He was the, like, he was the real deal, man. He really was yeah. the real deal. And he, and he looked the part, and every yeah. picture, every ad just looked rad you know yeah 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 that too you know what yeah. I mean? well, to I me it was like, uh he was like kind of doing everything you know what i mean because other dudes were like dope riders but they were just a dope rider you know what i mean which is awesome but just to see somebody that was like creating the awesomeness you know what i mean beyond the tricks was really impressive to me yeah, and he did it. He just did it. He didn't even necessarily get permission to do it. Like that whole uh, meet the street at the Brooklyn Banks and like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, like he just made it happen. Yeah. Uh, uh, Enchanted Ramp Comps, they seem like uh, they, they were something else. Um, yeah, he was one of the first ones to put out a video as well. Like not a not a, a GTV kind of production video, but an underground sort of right, piece dude, of weather video. Two hip home video. Yeah, was that dude, it? That's right. You bring that up, the two hip home video, and I had a bad copy that had like half the sound out, and I thought I was like, okay, is this how it is? You know what I mean? Because it was just like home video, so it was like really like not yeah. high end video quality. So I was like, well, I guess these dudes just made it. But I remember watching that video like over and over, and I was just stoked that <laughs> the dudes just picked up the camera and started filming. Yeah, and it, it was kind of the first one I saw that had a script to it, too. Like, yeah, they had a little script, you know what I mean? Yeah. They were like, whatever. And I remembered wanting to do the same thing. And I started, like, picking up the camera, like, even when we went on, like, a family vacation or something like that. And I just start filming it. You know what I mean? Like, oh, here we are at the airport. You know what I mean? And oh, You're influenced by that. That probably yeah. said for you know what you went to school for the afi and all that and yeah and, totally. and tv show and all. Yeah. hey can, i gotta add my my ron wilkerson story you guys know that i did the two hip tour right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> this guy I, I it's so weird because he picks you he's asking me to pay for the ticket to get to san francisco before we go on tour and i'm like no and so he pays for the ticket he decides to fix the van be, right before he picks me up at the airport and he's gonna change the oil but he I don't. He screwed up the van somehow. He pulled off some trans lines. He picks me up on a like a crotch rocket motorcycle with my suitcase, my bike, you know, clothes for six weeks, and that's how I literally started off to hip tour on a crotch rocket motorcycle on a forty-five minute ride to Santa Cruz. The the guy is out there, man. He is a character, but I do love Ron Wilkerson. If he ever happens to hear this, uh, I love you, man. <laughs> I, I could go I on into detail about two hip, but. Definitely. I don't know that I'd get on a crotch rocket real motorcycle with Ron Wilkerson. No, I mean I had my I had my doubts about whether or not I should do it too, but I had no other choice. <laughs> no, mean, no got, Uber back then, eh? We, we, went, on, we went on a what was it a six week tour with a six hundred dollar hotel budget, so you can imagine. Oh, wow. so, of course, that was after the whole heyday when there was money involved. That was when. Uh, you know, it was later in the day. But anyways, I'm not stealing the whole show here. I know this is about Bobby Carter. So uh, 
I digress. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was I gonna say? Uh, so yeah, I mean, as, as far as like the the video, like that video definitely uh, influenced me. And sure. There was a couple other videos too. Um, the um, public domain, which is a Bones Brigade video. Okay. That really like they captured something in that video. And like the styling and all that kind of stuff. Is that after Search for Animal Chin? Yes, I had I, I actually didn't even see it Search for Animal Chin until like way later, way okay. later. Okay. Um, and then they were, they were great videos. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Um, and uh, the other one was uh, the Endless Summer, the first one actually, which kind of put the the travel bug in me. <laughs> You still have that poster in the uh, in the lab, don't you? Uh, the California lab, I had it. Now it's kind of rolled up. I don't, I don't, I don't have it in the oh. well, lab. When I think of the lab, yeah, it was really big. That's, sitting up that's what I think of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was like the biggest poster there. Like, yeah. So those documentaries or those early videos, it, do you think that influenced you to decide to start a public access TV show? Yeah, hundred percent. Um. Tell us about that. The other thing was, um, uh, so I was already just kind of like making videos, you know what I mean? Just on my own. But, you know, they have public access TV. And um, I remember they were filming from the art fair in Ann Arbor, which is like either like the biggest one in the U.S. or something like that. I don't know. It's a big art fair. It's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big deal. And uh, they were broadcasting because they had a booth there and people would come up and they'd ask them questions about the art fair, this and that. And then at the end, they'd be like, don't just view it, do it. And I'd be sitting there watching it and I'm like, don't just view it, do it. I'm going to do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> how, do, how do I make this happen? Like they're telling me that I can make like a TV show or something. And how how does that work? And I think I like called them on the tele, uh, tele telephone or whatever, and um, found out what it was. And they said I had to like go take some kind of course, and then I couldn't even drive. My my dad drove me there. Yeah, you were like fifteen, weren't you? Four, 14, 14, 14. I think I was fourteen years old or something. And um, my dad drove me there to like the meeting, and then like we had this kind of orientation. And then I went back home and started making videos. And then I took some other classes that they had so I could use like the professional equipment. And then I made like a second series at the, at the station using like their professional gear and stuff. So how many cool. episodes were there? Um, I did six and then I did another six. Like I kind of redid them. You know what I mean? Now that I, cause I was just using VCR to VCR. You know, <laughs> and yeah. then the uh the second the second series I was able to use their equipment, so I, I could make it a lot more more polished. Was it digital uh, at that point or no? No, uh, it was still analog. But you had like uh, you know the 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 deck in between. You had two decks, and then you had the controller in between, which was like frame accurate. Yeah. Um, and so you could you know do insert edits, assemble edit, all that kind of stuff, and um. And so, yeah, I would edit it like that. And then I made some other video, too. It was, uh, I don't know if you remember this one, John, but it was I called it Bikes and Blades because it was me. I think it was Steve Collier and, like, the other dude, Nick. 
I think you were in it too. I can't remember, but we would go ride that mini ramp underneath that bridge. Okay. And um, and there were some rollerblade dudes too that would show up there or whatever. And I just kind of filmed them all and had all this footage of bikes and rollerblades. So, <laughs> so you made an episode. It was like uh, bikes and blades. It's called. It was a separate video on its own. Is that is that still out there? Is that on the internet or? Uh... No, that's lost somewhere in my storage bin on a VHS tape. <laughs> um, awesome. I could probably dig it out, but like, yeah, it's it's somewhere in there, you know. Or actually, it might be on my parents' house. I'm not sure. Like, well, just don't lose it. That's hilarious. <laughs> I didn't realize you made twelve episodes in all. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, that was a big deal in Ann Arbor. People like knew about it. People would be like, "Oh, I seen this guy. I seen this TV show," and they yeah. kind of like made <laughs> made us mini celebrities in a way. Yeah, yeah, people were, were watching it and stuff. So. Yeah, <laughs> I was kind of unaware, kind of oblivious to what you were doing. I was like, oh, "Yeah, Bob's uh, doing a TV show." I don't have TV, so I never watched it. All right. At the time. <laughs> Actually, it's, it was pretty interesting because people would like stop in the street. Hey, I seen you on TV. I was like, oh, "All right." <laughs> You know what I mean? I didn't think about it like that. I'm just like thinking about other kids. And my main thing was like, I just wanted to show BMX to other kids in the neighborhood. That was pretty much what I wanted to do. And right. like, there was enough kids that came by like my garage or whatever talking about like, how do you do this and how do you do that? And I'm like, your brakes don't even work, dude. Like, I don't know how you're going to do a endo. Like, so how about you clean your brake pads? You know what I mean? And then like, I'd clean their brakes in their brake pads and all of a sudden their brakes start working and they're like, Oh, I can't help but stop. And they're like <laughs> doing, doing endos and stuff like that. And I'm like, man, like all these kids kind of, kind of need this. How many kids are out there that, you know, don't know this stuff. Oh. And if they could get that information, like they could probably start riding, you know what I mean? And have fun on their bike. So that's interesting that you had that mindset from the get-go. Like, you've always been one that kind of, like, share information and, and broadcast what it is, you know, that BMX is, even from the get-go. Yeah. It, it, what, what, what is it about you, Bobby, that made you that way? <laughs> I don't know. But I, I, think it's, I think a lot of it had to do with, um, with – a lot of it had to do with public domain, I'm pretty sure. You know what I mean? That video public domain because – somehow after watching that video we were so i was so hyped up and ready to, even though i didn't skate i was hyped to go ride sure yep. you know what i mean and like the other kids that would like skate or whatever whoever's hanging out in the neighborhood they were super hyped too and i was like dude this video is hyping us like mm. how like i want to okay. do that i want to yeah i want to capture this energy and, and i like put it in some, yeah i like playing with the camera i like capturing stuff I want to make something that's as awesome as that. You know what I mean? They... Sure. But Anthony and I can attest to that. I mean, it was videos yeah. that inspired us to go out. Wouldn't you say, Anthony? Oh, absolutely. Especially in the winter when it's Ugh. cold and not, you know, not the best conditions and you pop in uh dork and three <laughs> and it's like, all right, I'm ready to go out. I don't care if it's snowy or, or uh, there's salt and sand down on the roads. Don't care. Yeah. Uh, we're going out to ride. We'd, we'd go to the underground parking garages and, you know, like. Sure. It's always, inspiring. Always on the bike. Yep. It is inspiring. Yeah. I, I don't know if we've got that anymore. Not to the same extent, sadly. But uh, that's a whole topic in and itself. I, I, 
I remember having the same feeling, even just getting a, a new magazine, you know, yeah. this month's whatever plus action freestyling, you yeah. know, it's like, Oh, I read through it. Now I want to go out on my bike and, and ride. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're all very like motivating and they really kind of use their artistic, whatever you want to call it to put it, put stuff together. That would be just inspiring. You know what I mean? Um, especially especially freestyling like yes Uh (laughs) it it just stood out as like it was art it was a piece of art (laughs) it was art wasn't one spike jones part big part of that yes yeah Spike jones and then andy jenkins jenkins mark lumen that whole mastermind crew you know what i mean and then obviously bob osborne behind it and wendy as well so they really made it aesthetically pleasing. They made it like you wanted to be part of the energy that was freestyle. Um, I, I just remember that. Just, um, just it was in me that ah, I got to do this. This is this is what I identify with. I don't know if it's the colors yeah. or what, but the energy was really something. That I, I don't know yeah. if we still have that. It, it, we don't, but um, I can tell you, like, just to add on to what you just said, John. Mm-hmm. Um, so I remember being in sixth grade and we'd have like reading time and we could read anything we wanted. So obviously I'm bringing in freestyling magazines and stuff you know what I mean? to go mm-hmm. read that. And I noticed the other kids in the class wanted to read them too. <laughs> nothing, dude, they, it was like nothing. They had nothing to do with BMX. They didn't ride. They weren't really interested in the riding, but they found the magazine entertaining. Yeah, and I was like, "Wow!" And they would start pointing out stuff. You know what I mean? All the little Easter egg things that they would have through the magazines and little jokes and things like that. And this one guy was like, "He's like, man, that guy Matt Hoffman. He's always showing up in the magazine, man. I'm always reading about that guy. He's crazy." (laughs) None of these kids ride. You know what I mean? None of these kids were about to even go try to like, "Oh, dude, you want to? I got a bike. You want to go ride after?" No, but they were like so enthralled with like everything that was going on in there you know what I mean? yeah they were yeah. capturing yeah. something primal in you know like a 15 16 year old's head 13 14 year olds for that matter it's the the energy the colors the this the attitude i yeah it's a lifestyle i identified with it for sure yeah yep and yeah. um yeah we kind of don't, don't really have that right now but I don't know. It's a different era. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and maybe we're just old people now. You know, maybe we're just old guys and we don't get it. You know, maybe maybe that's coming from somewhere else for young no, people. No, dude. I, no, I I don't think it's just that we're old or whatever. I think we just experienced something that the new generation didn't have to experience. And when yeah. they do kind of start to experience it, all of a sudden they're like, "Oh, I didn't even know that was possible. Oh, I didn't even know." And I'll give you an example, dude. I'm going to give you an example. So uh, there was a – here in Hawaii, they had this thing called Streets of Madness. um, And it's basically a a video contest where you have – I think it was 24 hours. 24 hours to put out a video, right? And we all kind of broke up into teams of like maybe four riders or five riders or something like that. People go out. They shoot. And then at the end, we ended up at some uh, like bar and grill place or something like that with TV screens. And we would play all the videos and then each team would vote, you know what I mean, on 
the best like writing, the best whatever production, the best music track, whatever, all this kind of stuff, right? So wait, in one 24-hour period, you would actually film and edit a video and yeah. then share it in one, yeah, one it. 24 hours later. Okay. 24 hours later. I think it was 24. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was 24. Um, How, okay. And so uh, I was on a team. It was like me, Bottle, Sean McKinney. Shout out the Bottle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Jeffers. Um, Sean McKinney. Uh, Is that his Bottle. real name? <laughs> Nobody knows that. <laughs> Sorry, and, go ahead. Uh, and um, so anyways, everybody on our team were like from those days. You know what I mean? Basically. Sure. The monster. And, and, and so the concept was like, oh, we're going to take this this old school, like this music video from like the 70s or something like that, this rock video. Um, I can't remember the name of the track, but um, we're going to take that. We're going to get our writing clips. I'm going to mix it together. Bottle wanted to be a little psychedelic. So I was like, okay, I'm going to fade in and out. You know what I mean? All this kind of stuff. Yep. And uh, I put it out and like we were watching the video and most of the, the guys that were writing are like more newer school writers. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So their videos were like focused mostly on like just the tricks. You know what I mean? Okay, this guy did this trick. This guy did that trick. This guy did that right. trick. Sometimes a little messing around. You know what I mean? But it was really trick going. And then our video came on and it's like mixed in with this music video. And like we got all these crazy shots and all this stuff. And they were just like, whoa. How'd you even like think to go do that? And Bottle was like, "Well, this is how it was." You know, you always kind of mixed in like pop culture stuff with like BMX, and like this was it. You know what I mean? Back in and and like they were just kind of like mind blown about like kind of the artistic side of of BMX kind of being mixed in, you know, with with the writing. And I was like, "Man, it's like a totally different era." They they don't even. Yeah, about it. It's just more about like who got the banger trick and like that's it. Rather than like the lifestyle, almost like yeah. the feel the energy of the the not so much the tricks, but but the the camaraderie and what you're doing and the activity. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And so they were kind of like blown away about by it. And like so many people were just like they, like days later, they're like, "Man, I'm still tripping on that video." And well, you know, there's there's a resurgence of uh, skate videos uh, as of late. There's been like full length skate videos that have been coming out, and apparently right. they're doing well. Jody Temple was telling me some about that, and I, I, okay. I, it's interesting that there's a demand for that almost now, where people still want to sit down and, and and enjoy a you know a 45 minute video rather than just a, a you know a one minute Instagram clip. I think there's still a need uh, for that's- it. That's because they're all old guys like us that are buying them. <laughs> that, might be true. that actually might be true. That actually might be true. Yeah. Um, a lot of money but at, at the same day. time, at the same time, you look at a video like um, this is a probably the last video that I that I watched where I was like, okay, yeah, this kind of made a little impact on me. Uh, was Supreme Cherry, and mm-hmm. uh, that video definitely captured something about is mostly like New York and um, Los Angeles. And it, it captured something on the streets. Like it wasn't like filmed all super cinematic. It wasn't like, you know, some big budget kind of crazy production or anything like that. But 
it definitely captured something special about how those guys were living and skating and being in New York and even like just down the street from where I was living, like in Hollywood, I'd be like, oh yeah, this is down the street. Oh, they're filming down there. Oh, and just what they decided to capture and put in the video um, really captured something special that had like a crazy impact. You know what I mean? When you're watching it. And maybe, it, was, it was, maybe it was cool. Now it wasn't so much about the tricks, but was it cool? You know, I think we're missing that to some extent. Yeah. Well, I think, I, I, I think like I'd want to ask Bobby um, yeah. with the internet out there now, do you think that's killed those sort of full length videos? You know, we'd, we'd all be waiting for the next video to come out and we're happy to slap down a yeah. $20 bill to get that mailed to us back in the day on VHS. Uh-huh. But now it's like, I just want to pull up YouTube and do a, a search and, uh-huh. and just watch for free. Okay. Um, well, two things. Let me go back to what Docker was talking about. Yep. So you were like, is it cool? I don't know if it really matters about it being cool. It matters that it was true, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. You see what I'm saying? Like, the capture was like true to what's going on in the streets on New York and uh, Los Angeles out there. And the vibe. That, yeah, what they're doing, the vibe, what they decided to throw in there and what they decided not to throw in there and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it was true, and being true made it cool, if you will. See sure. what I'm yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, I mean, people are stoked on those places because there's something about L.A. and New York. They're just, there's, everybody looks to those places, you know, yeah. for... For, for I guess what's going on current events but not that more like a vibe it's a big right. city you know it's where cool things happen yeah and it kind of captures a true vibe because yeah. there are videos out there where it's like kind of big budget and don't get me wrong I really like them because like the cinema the cinematography is awesome on them everything is like super clean like they're really capturing the tricks and all this kind of stuff like that but it's kind of almost too glossy you know what i mean mm-hmm. really capture the true vibe of what's going on on these streets you know what i mean versus this kind of high gloss really awesome looking video there's like two different all um, hd and all yeah. yeah 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 and like you got the drone shots and all that don't get me wrong i love drone shots i fly my drone all that kind of <laughs> you know what i mean but right. it's a different style of video you know what i mean and sure. that that true to the streets video is kind of what's kind of been missing. So that goes back to what Anthony was kind of asking about, you know, um, like did the did the internet kind of kill like the full length form or whatever? That was your question, right? Or yeah, yep, yep. Um, and so in a way, it did. You know what I mean? Because. Now everything's free. You know, the, the tricks that we were paying for to see and the and the vibes and all that kind of stuff, you can just get it, you know. Everyone's short attention them. spans now yeah, too. Short, there's always short, more to look at. Spans. Yeah, you can't even watch all the stuff. You can't watch all the clips. No, it's not even close. So so yeah, did it kill it? Yeah, because no one really wants to pay when they can just they can't even watch all the free stuff. So how are they gonna get to the to the paid paid sure. stuff? You know what I mean? Yeah. But, um, what what you were saying there about it being cool and true, I, I think that's what um, 
I really liked about the sort of back in the day undergrounder videos like the Dorkin series, like the homeless videos versus the first set of videos like GTV and mm-hmm. uh, Rad TV. Mm-hmm. Those were high production, high cost. Right. They were artificial, completely artificial. Mm-hmm. Um Versus these, you know, Dorkin is just guys out riding in their environment. Right, right. Yeah, Baco too, same thing. Baco, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> now, so- Bobby came out with a bunch of videos back in the day. He's been putting out videos a lot since he was doing TV shows, which is 14. Um, but uh, well, where was I going with this? Also, Bobby may be partly to blame for this whole internet craze because he's <laughs> one of the first to ever put BMX on the old interweb. So tell us about that, Bobby. I want to bring that up before we forget and move on. To okay. the yeah. Um, well, I guess I was just in the right place at the right time Yeah. with, with the right equipment. Um, it must've been 94, 95 ish. Like I know it was winter break. So yeah, probably winter break of 94 to 95. And um, I had, I was at the university. So they had like this whole computer lab, and I was just learning about the internet and, uh, you know, I had just sent a, I know it sounds crazy to people that's listening right now to send a picture attached to an email, <laughs> you know, you just click it and send. Right. But 94, that was pretty, 94, it was like way more complicated. You needed to like upload it to like this server. And then we were using like this thing called Telnet and like the program on it was pine. It was all just, text-based it was not you know like a ui where you click a send button or anything like that you had to go access that server to go get it and then finally attach it send it to somebody and then they had to go through their whole uh process to like go get it back out you know (laughs) download it and all that yeah so i was messing around with graham burke who had one of the first sites a set of I wasn't the first site, but one of the first sites called Protile. Protile. Yeah, it was a oh, BMX yeah. site or whatever. And it um, would be a good guy to talk to as well. Yeah. Like, and so we I was just kind of experimenting and like I sent him a picture of my my bike and then I was like, Did you get it? And he was like, You have purple grips. I was like, <laughs> oh, you got it. You got it. Oh, uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> and he was like in Tennessee, and I'm in Michigan, right? Right. So, I was like, "Well, we just send a picture. Like, can I put video or something? You know, up here? Can I see the next thing? Right? Yeah." And so, I kind of like read through the stuff on, like, uh, at U of M. They had a couple of different like read me things or whatever, and they're like, "Yeah, we don't support video." I was like, "They don't support video. Um, why wouldn't it work?" You know what I mean? That's what I'm thinking. Like, why would it work? So uh, I uploaded a video, and then you had to have, like, QuickTime. So maybe that's what they meant, but they didn't support it because they didn't have QuickTime. You had to go download it. And, like, if you download QuickTime to your computer, um, you could watch the video, like, on a a personal page. You know what I mean? So QuickTime was a program that was out at that time. Somebody was doing it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, this time was already out, yeah. Okay, so you're like, well, hey, if it's there, let's work with it. Yeah, exactly. And in those days, well, that was like 94, so we're just barely, we're still in the in like the dark ages, I guess, of uh, BMX, you know what I mean? So it wasn't very big, you know Free what I mean? Free X Games. Yeah. X Games hadn't come out yet. 
and like the internet's just starting. It's mostly like a university thing, you know, where pe- the students are fooling around with stuff. Yeah. So there's like nothing, you know, there's like, maybe I saw like 10 sites that had yeah, yeah. Uh, anything to do with BMX and definitely no video. And so I uploaded this video of Josh Evans and it was like a whole, it was a whole process. I won't bore you with all the details <laughs> of how I did that, but it was a very arduous task to transport the video from my computer at home to <laughs> uh, the um, to the, the computer lab at school and then get it on that computer and then finally get it uploaded onto the website and so get it and it worked and I was like what like dude. it works they said they didn't support it but it's working it's working so <laughs> I so 94 95 you would have shot an analog and then transferred to digital right you yeah, were shooting yeah it. yeah you're right I had to shoot an analog digitize it you know you make it digital yeah and that was real time too right like a minute took a minute yeah like it yeah. wasn't yeah 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 you had to record a minute and um <laughs> i just happened to have all this equipment here you know what i mean so like because i was doing this video stuff and um yeah uh i started then i started filming everybody else i was like let me film john mm-hmm. i i had a, a clip um and whoever else, you know, Rob Walkoviak had a clip, you know what I mean? And I was like, oh, this is our scene, Michigan scene, blah, 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 you know, and made a little website. And then I started putting how-tos up. And uh, then uh, then it was crazy because this guy in Brazil named uh, Claybaum, maybe yeah. you might know him, like messaged yeah. me. Now it's like 96, yeah, about 96, 97-ish. And like he messaged me and um, now the technology started like kind of picking up a little bit. Um, And he said, I have clips, but I can't put them on a website. Would you mind putting them on your website? And I was like, yeah, but just send me one clip at a time because I can't. (laughs) (laughs) Is that when we saw footage of Piggy riding uh, Big Daddy? Yeah. And it was so crazy for, for me, it was so crazy because Everyone right now, like, who's been riding BMX, like, for a little bit, all they know is the internet. So you can see everybody everywhere across the whole world. But then you would not see anybody unless they showed up in those magazines, which was pretty much covering just California mostly. You know what I mean? It wasn't even, like, throughout all the U.S. and stuff. So you're barely even seeing the U.S. scene. And all of a sudden I got this kind of, like, uh, a, a... a peak hole into like this whole other world of BMX riders in Brazil. A country I remember it well, man. World. I remember being super stoked seeing yeah. the footage. Yeah, and, and it was I was rainy. Like, it was bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it, it was, was like, these dudes are doing crazy tricks, dude. Their level was so high. Like Piggy's level was so high. Claybone's yeah. level was so high. Like mm-hmm. other dudes that they had in there. I think we had Leonardo Claro was in there and oh. they were like doing crazy tricks and i was like dude nobody knows anything about these guys really you know what i mean and they're killing the game and it was just like this it's kind of like revolutionary in your head you know what i mean like that inspired you to go down there right later yeah 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 because i kept in touch with uh claybomb and and, uh when i graduated from university then i went to um yeah, it was like kind of my graduation present. 
That was it was that that was pre ninety eight because when I went to Europe in ninety eight, one of those Brazil guys bunked up with me. I think through you, Tico. I think his name was. Tico? Uh, so yeah, that um, so I went there in no, it wasn't pre ninety eight. Like I graduated ninety nine, so it was definitely ninety nine when I went because summer of ninety nine. I didn't even know if I was going to move to California or not because it was based on whether or not I got accepted. And oh, right. I went to Brazil and like that was like with my mom. And then my dad called and said that I got into school. So I was like, <laughs> well, I'm going to California. But, right. uh, <laughs> but uh, so yeah, it was 99. So maybe it was later on, maybe another trip when you went to Europe. No, no. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, anyways, yeah. Somehow the guy knew you and uh, yeah, yeah. Chico, yeah, I met Chico, like it was mm-hmm. crazy. He took me to this crazy mini ramp that they had and yeah. all this stuff. So yeah, it was it was pretty good. Awesome. Dude. He was like an Asian guy, but he lived in Brazil. I think he was like Japanese yeah. or something. Yeah. Good yeah. dude. That's funny. Yeah, Wellington Uchida. <laughs> right. Um, um that was pretty sick. Yeah. So that's how you got the first internet videos. And that was Bobby's BMX World, right? Yeah, Bobby's BMX Freestyle World. Is that still up? Uh, it it is still up, but it's like hosted somewhere else. I kind of like tried to keep it together as much as I could. I don't mm-hmm. have it served. I don't have it hosted at a uh, university anymore. They so, probably have a time limit, don't they? Um, I could have just kept paying if I wanted to for like, yeah, for the point? Hosting service or whatever. But I was like, I'll just move the whole thing. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. moved it. It's it's sitting there under the Diversion VM site. Like you can click on. Uh, which is also pretty much now, dude, we're so far into the future since then. <laughs> Even that, it's just, that's like another site that's just like sitting there, you know, just laying there since whenever, mid 2000s or whatever. But I had put, um, I kind of put the story on on the site and uh, and have the site still sitting there as it, as it was. The story was. of the site? Yeah. Like they, they yeah. 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 And also, so I wouldn't forget it. <laughs> yeah, as we get older you know start to yeah things. i was like let me write this down so well i don't want to change the subject too much because we're going to get back into your videos and stuff yeah. but um i i just recall you bobby i mean we were both really busy at that time i i know i was working full-time uh, going to school full-time and then we were trying to ride whenever we could on top yeah. of the weather being lousy but you um your parents were I love your parents, but they're a little bit strict about you and your bike. I remember them not letting you take it to school with you. Tell us about yeah, that. No. Uh, well, yeah, tell us. I just remember you not being allowed to have your bike with you, and I was like, Bobby's so dedicated, and you know, yeah. you go out with a trick list and, and check it off. Like the trictionary you have is impressive, and little do people know that really you didn't have a lot of time to ride. So just tell yeah. us about. Um, okay, the trick list and the not being able to ride at the school were like two different eras or whatever. But um, so not being able to ride, yeah, I I needed to, to study basically, <laughs> and <laughs> that was what I was supposed to be doing in school: studying, not really riding. So your parents knew um, that you were obsessed. <laughs> yeah, so like, no, you're you're going to school to study. So I was like, okay. But since, you know, I could just basically go back home from the dorms that's like 15 minutes away or whatever, dude, I just made sure that I went back home every weekend to ride, like, <laughs> as, as many, as, as much as I could. And 
I remember there would be some some weekends where I had to like study so much that I would miss that weekend, and I was like, man, that's two weeks out, like not riding. And I would just, I just wanted to ride to make sure I would either get better at something or start to learn something new. That was always my goal every time I um, went to go ride on the weekends. I was like, as long as I'm doing that, I'll be okay. You know, I remember, I remember coming out, and you would always have new tricks. Always. Yes. I was, yeah. I was focused on that. You know what And I mean? I'm like, when did you learn this? Like, you don't even get to ride. I mean, <laughs> I didn't have much time to ride either. Trust me. Like, yeah. We were in the same boat, but uh, I just remember you being really dedicated. And it was an yeah. eye-opener to me because I, I, did, I didn't really practice prior to moving to, to uh, Michigan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I never really considered it practice. It was just, I don't know, kind of like playing a video game or something. You just wanted to learn, learn the stuff or whatever. And so um another thing that kind of lit a fire under me was um and i'm glad he said it to me i don't know if he even remembers that he said it to me but josh was like oh yeah you're done (laughs) once i had accepted into uh university he was like everybody that goes to that school like you're done that's it and i was just like nah i'm not done U of M is no joke, man. I mean, that takes, you know, your full attention. You've really got to yeah, be. It's pretty challenging. Yeah. yeah. The top 10 school. Um, and so, my so, brother yeah. went too. So I, I, I mean, he's, you know, yeah. He put some work in to get, get through it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, no, I'm not done. I'm not done. I was like, so determined to not be done and let it like just in my writing. You know what I mean? <laughs> You know, um, maybe in some ways it helped you because, you know, some people I I know, don't so, have any hurdles. They don't have anything that's really blocking their their uh, efforts, and it's too easy. Yeah, I can see that. I can see how that goes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I'm glad that he said that to me because yeah. that really, like, changed my mindset to, like, really focus and make sure I didn't fall off of riding. You know what I mean? I probably I said that. that with that in mind, you know, because, yeah. I mean, you, I, uh, sorry, Anthony, I don't know if you've heard the name Josh Evans, but um, he, yeah, I've, I've heard it. We, I don't we, know him, though. Okay. I've probably dropped it on you a few times, and, 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 and he was really next level. He was a Michigan rider that was basically friends with uh, Bill Newman, and, um, well, he pretty much quit riding, I think, when I moved to Michigan and started riding with Bobby. We would call him and try to coerce him into coming out. But, uh, um, what, it took us about six months, didn't it, Bobby? Uh, I, I don't really remember. I don't think I was really paying attention at that point. It was just like, oh, Josh is back. Oh, okay, we're riding. Oh, sick. You know what I mean? I remember the first time I saw him yeah. on, the, on the campus. And, like, it was, like, him, Rob, and this other dude, John Creval. Yep. Um, and I was just blown away by him. And, and then, was he like, he was rusty at that point, right? He was just kind of out there just goofing around. Dude, I don't know if he was rusty. I just remember all these dudes were so good. And it was like the first time I had like kind of close interaction with riders that were like on like next level or close to pro level moves yeah. and stuff. And I was just blown away. So if he was rusty, it looked awesome to me. Like. <laughs> Well, after that, it wasn't long after that that, uh, yeah. that Josh kind of got back into it. And he started riding with us on the regular, and I mean, he—I I, don't—I'm pretty sure that Bobby would agree. He influenced all of us a lot because yeah. he was just really good, really fluid, had tons of tricks, tons of knowledge. Um, mm-hmm. 
yeah, another another guy that I'd love to get on the podcast, Anthony, if we ever uh, get that many <laughs> under our belt. <laughs> but, so, uh, so anyway. Bobby, uh-huh. when did when did you start to focus on Flatland? Like, uh, I mean, obviously you love Flatland. I love Flatland. When did you say like this is this is the the discipline I want to focus on? Um, I think that kind of came progressively from not having ramps and mm-hmm. uh that was just what i liked it all because it was like you're a freestyler you know what i mean so it was yep. like okay i mean i had a bash guard on my bike and like all this stuff a wilkerson wall that's what he wrote yeah. for years i had the riot and like i was wow. rocket grinds and trying to learn flatland tricks you know what i mean and um yeah I think if there ever was a point where it was like, okay, well, let me back up. Like ninth grade was, I don't know, maybe it's something about being at that age, but it was kind of the age when people are kind of choosing what they want to do. Oh, I'm going to be on the swim team. I'm going to be on the track team. I'm going to go be in band or whatever and kind of become good at something. And that was the point where it was like, I want to be good at riding. That was it just kind of clicked in my head that I'm going to put some effort, you know what I mean? To really, really trying to excel at it. Um, As far as flatland specifically, if I had to say anything, I'm going to have to say when I, when I tried to learn a hang five and I remember trying to learn it. And the other dude, Steve was learning at the same time. And he had like a GT and it was like much lighter and he started like getting the hang of it and I had this bash guard on and I was like, man, the bash guard must be holding me back. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. So I took it off because it was a removable one. I took it off. Yeah. And I was like, I guess I'm not doing, you know, sprocket grinds anymore. <laughs> I want hang fives. Because I want hang fives so bad. And um, it did. I mean, it, whether it's just mental or for real, like, I don't know, maybe both. Um and then I learned hang fives, and then it was like I was just kind of too too lazy to put on the bash guard again and to go out to do sprocket grinds, you know what I mean? And plus, yep. dude, Steve was like really into flatland too, so it was kind of weird. That's what we had access to easily, and so that was it, you know, just started. I guess that was the start, you know, of kind of excelling on or concentrating, I should say, on flatland versus the other other disciplines interesting when is it that you got into drumming bobby uh fifth grade so even earlier yeah yeah that was um fifth grade you still do that uh actually it's kind of been a little bit of resurgence of playing drums because uh um well i would play them when i went to my parents house um Lately, you know what I mean, in the later years here. But um, when I moved here to Hawaii, I brought them with me, but they're in storage because I can't play them in my apartment. It's too loud, right? <laughs> um, but I don't know if you know who Big Island Mike is. Uh, oh, yeah. Mike is right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so he's got this the Secret Ninja warehouse, and he's got a drum set set up in there next to the mini ramp. And so uh, if I go over there, to to ride or whatever uh i'll get up there and and jam out on the drums so nice oh yeah i've been playing drums a little bit more <laughs> all right cool i always thought that was interesting that you you were a bit of a drummer 
yeah, a lot of people don't know that I that I can play, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Had to it's bring fun. that up. Yeah, that's what I would do actually after riding. Um, I'd have to be in by dark, you know, and then I'd just go down to the basement and start playing drums. It was like another form of freestyle, if you will, you know, coming up with new beats and transitions and all this kind of stuff. It's like, seems like all this stuff kind of plays, uh, has a has a running theme, you know, from breakdancing to, you know, BMX freestyle to um, playing an instrument. Almost all kind of the same kind of. I see a lot of parallels just trying to learn to play guitar, and I'm terrible, but I see parallels in the learning process for sure. Yeah, and and, and trying to hone your skills and get better at it and get smoother and learn to transition. And yeah, Uh I uh, I'm pretty stoked on uh, on trying to learn that. Um, well, how about uh, we go into some of these videos that uh, you did because there's some really awesome videos you started out with before uh-huh. you even moved on into the whole diversion series, which I think you're really known for. Yeah. Um, you know, at least the uh, the greater freestyle BMX community knows you for diversion, I think. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, there was a few videos. Hang five comes to mind. Explorations. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to give us a little info- information on, uh, on on those and how those came about? And uh, Let's see. I guess I can give a brief overview. How about yeah. I just give a brief overview of, like, the specific points of those videos that were kind of, like, uh, unique to those videos? Yeah, um, yeah. And tell us a little bit about the, the riders in those videos, too, if you want. But, yeah, keep brief, okay. you know. Um, so let's see here. Uh, first was... I mean, there's a lot of videos I'm skipping past right now, but, like, Close Encounters of the Rad Kind. Oh, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> that was the first, like, kind of full-length, like, scene video. Um, sure. That, was, that was in that one, right? Yeah. Me, you, John. I mean, me, you, Josh, Rob. Um, Wachowiak. Pat, yeah, Rob, Rob Wachowiak. And then um, Pat Schrader's in there. Brandon Fenton. Um, right. Brandon I, had a second. I think... Um, Derek Callender is in there too because he came and visited our, right. our spot once. I had <laughs> some of them. Um, so that was kind of like the first like scene video where I kind of just, you know, everyone had their sections and all that kind of stuff. Um, yep. and, and that was the first, I actually went to Singapore during that, that time period and came back with this footage of riders from Singapore. That's and right. That like the first kind of like overseas kind of little section or clips that I, I put in. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was kind of an amazing thing for me because, uh, you know, once again, the internet and everything is not what it was, you know, now is not what it used to be. You know, it was like finding riders in different countries was really difficult and like you would never see it. You know what I mean? And somehow through some crazy email lists and, stuff that doesn't even really exist and tools that people don't even use now. I was able to contact a rider out there. And when I went, um, they came to the hotel and we rode, you know, <laughs> and it was awesome. Um, it looked awesome. So that, that's a uh, close encounters of the rad kind. Um, <laughs> Great they, name, by the way. You got uh 25th parallel which is the Brazil video. So after all those little clips that the guy was sending me, I went to Brazil and that one is important to me because that was the first time I went to another country and was able to 
film the writers just in that short period of time and film enough to come back and make a full proper video from from that footage you know the other videos you know we're filming at the parking lot for like a year you know what i mean <laughs> random right. clips and this and that and then finally it's like oh yeah let's make a video okay cool this is yeah. like i'm going to brazil and i have the the mission to go make a video can i how many that? days were you there it wasn't that long was it not really. Um, I think I, we were there for maybe like a week and a half or something like that. Yeah. Maybe two weeks, but then half of the time was like Rio, which I didn't see any riders. And then the <laughs> other part was uh, Sao Paulo, which is where all the riders were. So did, did you drag your mom on that trip? Yeah, actually, she was the one that took me on the trip because that was, uh, that was like our, my graduation present. <laughs> so your mom was at all those spots when you were filming? Um, she wasn't necessarily at all those spots when I was filming. Um, she was at like a couple of them, but okay. no, not all of them. Sometimes that, she just went back at the hotel or did whatever. So. Whenever I think of uh 25th parallel, I always think of that um footage you got with the overhang, you know, <laughs> and uh the riders in that section were just phenomenal. They're really inspiring. I I still stoked on all that stuff. Yeah, that was the thing that was so crazy was, like, you go to these different places and these guys are, like, killing the game and, like, barely anybody knows about them. You know what I mean? It was, yeah. like, such a revelation or something. It was you know a real I mean? eye-opener. You're like, whoa, yeah. the world's a big place. <laughs> yeah. And freestyle. So, yeah, it's, it's crazy. And a lot of – you know what? It's funny that you say that because a lot of this stuff comes from Wilkerson, Blyther, Nori – you know, doing those horror shows and right. kicking it off in those different countries. They really influenced yeah. it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They they went to Mexico. I remember the GT team down in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. Kudos to those guys. Yeah. <laughs> and their big budget yeah. tours. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was, it's kind of crazy when you think about it. So what I was seeing was something that was kind of got its birth from, the same stuff that I, that I was watching. You know what I mean? I just saw, you know, those guys, Hoffman, Wilkerson, you know, doing their show and kind of got me really into it. And they were doing that all over the world. And these scenes kind of grew up out of, out of that. You know what I mean? Anthony and I have been talking about this, I think on multiple episodes of this um, podcast, where it seems like people in all different parts of the world were kind of going through the same, uh, you know, same growing. And in the sense that, you know, quarter pipes and friends and ditches and, and just the, the growth of the sport was kind of happening worldwide. It really was. And it was evolving worldwide. And yet we shared a lot of the, what is the, uh, the culture. Yeah. Yeah. We shared the culture and we weren't even like connected to each other in these different countries. You know what I mean? We're somewhat connected with the influences were there, but yeah, at that yeah, time yeah. they were influences in the eighties. And then it was just kind of like people just kept doing it. Yeah. yeah basically, yeah. And, and then yeah. finally we got a window on the world with the internet and you're like, Whoa. Yeah. Right. It's cool. So I got, I guess freestyling too. freestyle and BMX plus were pretty much how yeah. people were seeing what was going on. Getting distributed for sure. But yeah, so anyways, that that video really proved to myself that I could go out on a mission on kind of like a short amount of time and like put something together um, that was kind of 
entertaining. That had to influence Diversion. Just- 100%. And then the next video that I'll mention – oh, I made another video called Ground Zero. Um, I almost didn't make it, but um, I just decided, like, I'd make it at least for the people that were in it. And that was, like, Canada um, – our scene in Michigan, and then when I came to Hawaii in '98, oh yeah, those guys, I filmed those guys, and um, so I put that together real quick. Um, but the the next video I was wanted to talk about is explorations, yep. and that was like the beginning of the California era for me when I just moved there, and uh, so in California. I was already making these videos. I know how to make videos. I'm going to school. I'm learning a lot of stuff about filmmaking and different techniques and editing and all this. And um, I wanted to apply it to BMX videos. And so that video, I was like paying attention to the background. I was like, where are we filming at? How are we filming? What's the structure of the video? Um, you know, how are we putting it together? Can I do something different than how normal videos are? Um, and so in that video, um, besides just the cinematics of it and everything, um, most videos at that time were just based on the person and their, and their section. And I decided that I wanted to break up the video based on space and time instead of by the, by the person. So each section of the video is like, here's this place at this time, and these are the guys riding there, and this is what happened. So, oh, yeah. so like, you'd have, like, Ralph's in the daytime. You know what I mean? I wouldn't mix clips from Ralph's in the nighttime. It was like, this is a daytime crew at Ralph's, and whoever came through during the day, and that was that section. So no oh. one really has their own section. It's just the section of the day and of the place and the time. And You're representing the Ralph scene, in a sense. Yeah. And then there's here's the night crew. You know what I mean? The guys that usually ride in the nighttime. You know, these are the night sessions that would go down. And then you'd have Huntington Beach. And then you'd have, like, Venice Beach. And um, I thought it was, like, it gave a much different feel because all of a sudden people were more together instead of just, like, individual section and then the next guy section and the next guy section. So Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that- that's kind of what we're missing too, that camaraderie, that, that feel of a, a spot and not so much an individualistic thing. Yeah. So, so yeah. So then that video, I pretty much stopped because school was kind of getting too, too heavy. And um, I was like, yeah, I'm not going to make another video till like 2002. <laughs> and this is what year? It, this you is know? like year 2000. I was like, you were like, oh, you're going to make another video next year? I'm like, nah, I'm not probably not going to make another video until 2002. I'm finish school and everything whatever it's getting too much mm-hmm. still want to ride you know and they're like oh man so long <laughs> <laughs> uh, people love them man people want to see it yeah so um then 2002 the whole diversion thing i had time to think you know what i mean about sure. stuff and then yeah. um during those two years and then the whole diversion thing came out of that so how many videos are there in the diversion series uh officially there's there's seven in the Diversion Video magazine, and then I decided to quit it while it was on, still on a high level. You know what I mean? While <laughs> peaking, instead of having it kind of like past the peak and then kind of like 
have some more like lame ones or whatever um and just try to do something different after that so or kind of different well i've heard lots of people uh say how much they love those videos bobby i mean i'm biased obviously because we're good friends but i I love them but uh, but i think a lot of people thought they were really well done the cinematography was just i don't know something obviously it was professionally done by somebody that knew what they were doing the music the the scenes the writing uh, the vibe so kudos to you i thought those were great yeah thank you um I guess with those videos, um, I just really wanted to kind of explore the scene. Because actually, I don't know, I just thought of something. So um, after Close Encounters of the Rag Kind, mm-hmm. I was picking up different titles of videos. And I was like, man, what, it would be so cool. Fear of a Rad Planet. I was like, there's so many dudes everywhere. <laughs> and that well, was going to be the title, Fear of a Rad Planet. There's still time. And... Um, well, it turned into diversion, you know what I mean? So oh, that yeah. that that was pretty much, you know, I was like, man, would it be, wouldn't it be so cool to have a video with all these people from all over the world? And I was like, well, that can't be just one video. That's too much, right? So, Is there going to be some more videos? I mean, obviously, diversion, you've put, you know, you've put aside, right? That's over? Or uh, I put the video magazine aside, and then I made more videos after that. So there's, like, Made in Thailand where um, – I went and kind of covered their scene, but I also, the point of the whole video was really Marty going to Thailand and he was hired by the Thai government to train riders for the uh, Asian indoor games. And I thought that was like such a crazy occurrence (laughs) that nobody, like it wasn't covered in the magazines. It wasn't anywhere. Nobody was saying anything about it. And I'm like, the government just hired this flatlander to go train other flatlanders for this contest that's happening in Macaw. And like, that's a big deal. I'm like, that's crazy. And like, <laughs> and freestyle flatland. That's really crazy. Nobody gets. Yeah. Crazy. And I was like, so yeah. So Marty's like this coach. I'm like, dude, this, this is a story that I think people need to, to hear about. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah so, yeah. So I went and, and made that video made in Thailand, but it was only released. That was the first video that was only released on the internet. You know what I mean? Okay. Okay. Yeah. You know, Marty's uh, coaching uh, Terry. Yeah. 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 I, that's common knowledge, I guess. But I that uh, all the time, yeah. Yeah. Pretty interesting. Yeah. Seems to be working. Terry's on fire. Uh, he's dude. I just, right before this, I just got off uh, FaceTiming him and he was like, showing me all these different combos in his garage, which he hit all first try. I was like, dude, you're so tiled right now. He's so motivated. Yeah, it's so crazy. And and he's like talking to me, dude. He's got his headphones, like his earbuds in. He's got the phone set up on the FaceTime. So he's talking to me while he's riding. And he's hitting (laughs) all these combos like, all right, this one's for you, Bobby. (laughs) Jump back, put it. It's pretty rad because I think people are kind of thinking, ah, Terry's day's over. You know, he's, he's kind of like he's had a kid. He's he's obviously done very well for himself financially. What, what's you know, he's not going to push it. Nah, uh, no, it's, uh-uh. over. it's not over. <laughs> he's yelling that circle of balance like during the, one of his runs, like it's not over. <laughs> yeah, guy's determined, or uh, yeah, he's determined, man. He's got that eye of the tiger for sure. It's good, it's good. Yeah. And uh, Mickey, Mickey riding again too. How cool is Dude, that? Dude, that's so awesome. I think yeah. he was off his bike for like ten years. It's been a minute. 
I don't yeah. think he realized that it was 10 years. I so, didn't know it was that long. He felt but... like he was off for like maybe three or something, two or three. It's like, dude, Nikki, it's been 10 years. Doesn't seem that, like it. He's that, riding good. Yeah. yeah. He started and like just determined. And now, dude, he's accelerating past where he was. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. For sure. Well, um, uh, didn't mean to get all into that, but uh, I'm stoked on you, Terry, if you're listening. <laughs> so um, so w- one of the coolest things about you, Bobby, I think, is that you've traveled so many places. And I mean, I think traveling is probably one of the coolest things you can do, uh, you know, and you've been a lot of places and you've documented a lot of places. Where all have you been? Could you could you could you you know tell us okay. offhand or could you even remember? Um, or is you know, I know Catherine I'm BMX? Some of these. I know I'm going to forget some. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want everyone BMX or tell, tell us about maybe some of your favorite places you've traveled and and maybe a short reason why. Um, uh, okay, my, my two my two favorite places. I'm going to tell you right now. Um, besides Hawaii, besides Hawaii, which <laughs> I live in now. Um, but one is Japan, and the oh. other one is Brazil. Um, Those are your two favorites. Brazil because of the vibe, the vibe of the people was just like amazing. Um, yeah, I've, I've never, I had never like experienced a, a vibe like that. And it wasn't really just the riders. It was just like the whole, the whole scene and culture there, even outside of the, of the riding. I so want you to organize a trip to Brazil <laughs> like you do with Hawaii jam. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's even still the same as it was, you know, it's- like, 20 years ago but, probably not but still you know, but yeah the vibe of everything that was going on there and like it was just amazing to me you yeah know? you documented it it certainly looked amazing on the videos yeah um and then japan well obviously japan is like the epicenter of flatland how many the- times have you been to japan uh i've been there 10 10 times <laughs> okay so yeah i've been there <laughs> Anthony, uh, I I went because Bobby told me to go, and uh, I seriously would you 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 would just be going down the street and see random people riding flatland, and I don't know if there's anywhere else on the planet that that happens. Wow, that's crazy! <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, especially in those days, there was definitely like way more riders in like 2004, 2005 era than there are now. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. You, you would run into it, and it's actually funny because. Uh, on that trip when I a long time ago, like when I went to um, Singapore and all that stuff, mm-hmm. I was with my grandfather and my mom, and um, we went to Japan, China. We were on like a like an Asian tour, and um, I remember being on the bus, like the tour bus, going down the street in Tokyo, and I seen some dude on a Toyo Flatland frame with some <laughs> bars. I don't know who it was, and I was just like, my hands hit the window like. Flatlander, what? Oh my God, the Flatlanders! I I wanted to like jump off the bus, but it was like I couldn't. I don't know who it was. Did but... you know at that time that Japan had a Flatland scene? Was um, that... no. This is kind of early in the Japan scene, which we can kind of talk about if you want. Um, about kind of the development of the Flatland scene in Japan. Hey, if um, anyone could talk about it, that's uh, you know, that I know, it would be you. Yeah. Um. So. It was kind of because that was uh, that was probably like 1990. That was 96, I believe, when we did that that trip. 
So and so that was kind of before the big boom of Flatland in, in Japan. But there were riders there because I remember going to the 95 like BS contest and um, this dude, Isan, was there. Oh, no. Uh, in 94, I, I think it was 94, when the blue ramps, the blue, the, when they had the, all the ramps were blue, a guy from Japan showed up, Isan. I remember seeing him in 20-inch video magazine. And then the year that I went, which was in 95, uh, there's another dude. I think his name was Takuma, I think, or Takumi. I can't remember exactly, but he was there along with Suji Uyama, who was like a mini ramp rider. Of course. And um, and those dudes were there. And so that was kind of early days. So it wasn't really blowing up. So I didn't, just to see a BMX rider, you know, in period in those days, even in the U.S., was like, dude, BMX, just like when I met you, John. Um, <laughs> How did that happen? Yeah. Uh, that's a whole another story. <laughs> going to that. But, um, but yeah, just yelling, seeing somebody on, on a bike and yelling BMX. And then they stop and turn around and it's like, yo, you ride? Yeah. Okay, cool. And then next thing you know, you know, that's part of the scene. So. Oh, yeah. We went into that earlier. And I seen a dude on a flatland specific bike, like set up, like this dude rides, you know what I mean? Um, And like, I couldn't, I couldn't get off. I couldn't stop the tour bus to get off. You know what I mean? (laughs) That broke your heart, didn't it? Stop the bus. Yeah, it it was crazy, you know? But um, I always wonder who that was, you know, I always wonder, but, um, but yeah, uh, that was before. So I, I are we going to go into like how the Japan scene came up or whatever, or, um, Do you, sure. Sure. Yeah. Tell us a little okay. bit. So, um, basically in Japan, everything is like inverse of what it is in the United States. So when you, we talk about BMX, you're pretty much talking about flatland. It's kind of changing in the last, like, let's say, like, five years or so. But pretty much, historically, if you're talking about BMX, you're talking about Flatland. And there weren't that many skate parks, and so not that many street riders. And the scene, the street scene had not really progressed the way that Flatland had progressed. Why and do you I, think that is? I think that's part of it is because, one, they didn't have any skate parks. Two, um kind of like destruction of public property is kind of looked down upon way more heavily than here. So grinding and all that kind of stuff is kind of like, yeah, you kind of don't do that. Even now it's like, you know, you see the, the street riding in Japan, there's like a, a site called or a profile called Motobunka, which is like this new thing that they got going on. Um, dudes are really riding at night, just kind of like the back alleys. They're not really hitting like, mainstream downtown spots you know what i mean the way they would in like new york or something like that um it's a culture of respect for sure yeah culture of respect so um so yeah i think that also has a part but flatland you know all you need is your bike in the open area so flatland and like the way that the architecture is there i don't know why but traditionally it's like they flatten everything out where here well, my, my theory is that the place was bombed in World War II. You know, places were devastated, so everything's yeah, new and flat. But, Germany's yeah. the same way. Yeah, but it was mostly Hiroshima, you know, Nagasaki area. Not so much Kyoto. They actually they say they actually plan not to bomb Kyoto because of all the historical shrines and stuff like that, right there. So it's like everywhere across, like it's like some sort of architectural. Um, tradition i guess 
of when they build a building, if it's on a hill or something, they just kind of make it right angles. You know, <laughs> and like, parks, parks have like open flat areas, it's like a style of design. Well, that's like, interesting. That's not what I thought. So that's uh, yeah, that's yeah, open flat areas. So, um, yeah, courtyards everywhere, flat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, um, so what happened? From what I can see and from people telling me is right around like 97, 98, um, you know, people started getting a little bit more into, into um, Flatland and um, this kind of core crew. And I know I'm probably going to leave out some names, so sorry if I leave out or overlook somebody, but there's this core crew of dudes who pretty much set out to build the scene. And that crew consisted of uh, Green G, which is Yasu Yuki Takeo, Takashi Ito, York Uno, uh, Ryoji Yamamoto, um, who else? Uh, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, there's a couple other dudes there too. Hiroshi Uihara was in there too a little bit. Um, and this set of dudes... Um, were kind of like the core dudes and they were like, let's have a contest. Let's make a contest. So, Oh, Kotaro. I can't forget Kotaro for sure. Oh, of um, course. Back wheel guy. Kotaro Tanaka. I mean, he's still out there still, you know, actively kind of building the scene and doing stuff with most hero. Was hero. One of those guys. Hero was in there too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, this was kind of like the core original squad that set out to do something. And so they created King of Ground. And the King of Ground competition is really what kind of sparked everything to get the scene going. And um, they had three or four different um, uh, events in the series throughout the year in different areas of Japan. And all these riders would just gather there, you know? And, you know, it, 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 it really was more like contests of the 90s in the U.S. Like, if you went to a BS contest, a bicycle stunts contest mm-hmm. in the 90s, yeah, people were competing, but the bigger picture is that people were there to meet each other, network, and exchange information, and you were there to see, like, new tricks. And it was really a gathering of riders, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Uh, at, at these places. Those were legendary contests. It almost didn't even matter who got first. I mean, first place was, like, 300 bucks first place pro so <laughs> anybody was really right, making right. money off of it or something. it was keeping it alive though those contests were really yeah. it was a culture gathering yeah. you know it yeah. was like yeah. little Woodstock oh, cultural, that's good that's a good mm-hmm. vocabulary word for it i guess a cultural gathering right mm-hmm. so the king of ground was similar to that it was like a cultural gathering for mm-hmm. all these different riders in different areas of japan um because it's, it's kind of expensive to kind of travel throughout japan um because you got to get on the train and all this kind of stuff so yeah I mean, at least they can do more. that <laughs> yeah well here's the deal like the bullet train is pretty expensive almost like uh being on a plane oh. to travel around. but if you're a uh, uh, a foreigner a visitor mm-hmm. you can get that rail pass which is basically unlimited rides on the the bullet train and okay, but I would have thought Japan isn't that big of an island, really. You could, dude. It's pretty. It, it's skinny, but it pretty much is like from, um, 
the like San Diego all the way up to maybe like Vancouver or something like that. Yeah, yeah, north well, and south. It goes pretty yeah. far. So I, I would not have thought that it would be difficult to go to a contest in Japan. Yeah, but there's anywhere. like toll. So every every highway is like a toll road. There's not right. you don't just jump on and just drive. You know, in a car somewhere. No, it's not what I would have thought. So that's train, then you got to pay. You know what I mean? Or yeah. plane, you still got to pay. You so it's, it's a little bit more, uh, you know, expensive to, to move around the place. So they had these contests in different areas, so people didn't have to like move that far to get to where. So this cultural gathering, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> uh, right, right. Or BMX, and so and that's pretty much how the scene started growing from there, and. Um, you know, places are lit up at night. It's already a bicycle culture in itself. Sure. Well, there's places where you'd be like, dude, there's no way in the U.S. they'd be letting anyone with a bike in here. But then you see like an old grandma come and pedaling her bike and like parking it in front of a little shop and like going inside. And you're just like, oh, I guess you can bring your bike in here. So when the shops close, here come the riders. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> and you're just riding a bike. It's already, it's fine. Yeah. You're allowed to ride bikes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Would you say the scene is as strong as ever, or has it uh, has it diminished a little? Or I, I, I have to sadly say that it has diminished. Um, it's still pretty strong. I mean, I, it's stronger than anywhere else. You know, what I mean, still, I would say, mm-hmm. but it's definitely not like it used to be in two thousand four. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just not. So is the same thing happening over there that happened here just a little bit later? Yeah, it started uh, a little later. Oh, so you mean on the way up? Yes, it just kind of happened a little bit later. Yeah, um, yeah, more more or less. And so th- that group of dudes basically were are more or less responsible for getting it getting the scene going. And then obviously there's other people that started different companies. Like you got Aries, you got you know Magic Fruits. You had Zero Go Q. You had all these different you know four thirty. And- 430 mm-hmm. you know um and 430 still kind of does stuff um and so yeah that that was pretty much that's pretty much it you know how, what do you got to say about the super kids what's going on there oh man super kids wow that's like a phenomenon that happened um there's a lot of super kids um i guess i have two things to say one it's crazy that they're there learning it's like Pretty much, they're burning in a new reality of what's possible at a certain age. You know what I mean? As far sure. as skills on a bike. Yeah, there's um, like nine-year-olds that are like three times the rider I am. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's, I mean, I remember going You're to... nine. <laughs> uh, I think the last time I was in Japan, actually, it was a while ago. It was 2014. And I remember watching these little kids, like, teach each other tricks. And they're all on their little, like, you know, 16-inch bike riding flatland and like you watch one try to do something and then the other two or three kind of gather around and kind of like try to show them something you know what i mean and, and it amazes me that you could be dedicated to something at that young of an age but i mean you see it on the uh, internet with kids playing drums or guitar you're like how does this how, who has the attention span you know I, uh, I i think that's kind of like a little bit of a cultural thing but also they have senseis now you know what i mean like a lot of these super kids are uh, kids to parents who ride. You sure. Know, 
Sure, um, sure. It's like um, my dad wanted me to play a lot of soccer, maybe more than yeah. I really wanted to play. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. So similar to that. Yeah. Um, so you got these these super kids. Some of the parents are like little league parents. Um, I can't forget her name, but I mean I can't remember her name, but uh, there's this one girl that was like kind of going off, and her dad was there, and I was like, "Yeah, can I get a clip of your daughter doing a, a combo?" He was like, yes, yes, yes. He was like, he just went over and he was like, routine two. And like, <laughs> shaded out of that outfit. Wow. He busted out this crazy routine, dude. Monkey chickens to like front yards to elephant glass to all this stuff and like pulled it. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. He was just wow. like, routine two. And like, she busted it out. I was like, okay, cool. Do <laughs> you think they're, you think they're <laughs> stoked? Like, are they having fun or is it like sort of no. like. The over uh, zealous parent that's really pushing their kid into some, you know, activity that maybe the, you know, like I oh, got to practice violin, you know. <laughs> you know I, I actually had that conversation that same year with um, Moto Sasaki, mm-hmm. um, and it was, it was funny because that was kind of right when they the super kids really started kind of like being noticed, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Man, these kids, like." I'm professional, but they're prof- more professional than I am. <laughs> and like one of the best riders in the world with like, you know, he's on Monster and all this kind of stuff. And he's he's saying that. And he's saying that and he's like, I wonder what's going to happen because they're going from trying to learn a few tricks to straight into like a bike shop sponsoring them. And they're like, oh, my sponsor, my sponsor this and my sponsor that and I got to go to this contest now and do this and that and the other thing. Yeah. It's weird. Even take time. I have a phase where you were just like in love with riding. Just because it's fun and yeah, no pressure. Like Like, that was the appeal to me. I didn't have to go practice. I have a coach yelling at me. I'm just going to do this with my buddies and have fun. So that was like a concern that he said. And it was like, well, we'll see, you know, we'll see what happens. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, some of them st- are are here. I'm sure some of them fell off. Sure. Um, yeah. uh, It'll be interesting yeah. to see. You know, I hope. hope yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but it was definitely a, a phenomenon that that went down. You know. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, but now some of them are growing up. You know, you got like Yu Soji or whatever who actually rides with Moto at that same spot. Oh, He's cool! Killing it, dude. He's killing it. Sure, sure. But at the same time, that 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 dude was like always kind of loved the BMX scene and that lifestyle. Like he, his personality and everything was kind of from like back in those days. You know what I mean? Like who Moto? Character, uh, not Moto. Um, Yusoji, the kid that rides oh. at the same spot as Moto. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. I don't know if you saw his master creativity run, but it is it is crazy, dude. Like yeah. I was like all this like turbine cross footed stuff flip into like this backyard thing, and then this other one where he did this like half whip out and landed on the other side of the wheel, and like I was like, dude, these tricks are crazy. Which brings up another point in this new social media age, the <laughs> tricks that this dude is doing are tricks that. Back in the day, people would be like, that's crazy. And I've watched it like 50 times and I understand what he did. And like, this kid is awesome. And now it's like, we might watch it three or four times 
and then there's so much other content that comes after it in the next few days like everyone just kind of forgot you know what i mean oh yeah it's weird how how do the new kids come up you know what i mean like how do they i mean i guess you know there's a couple do you know like you got rio and you katagiri and stuff like that who are doing amazing stuff keo also but i feel like in it's it's a little bit different and harder for them to make a name for themselves let's just say or be recognized for the advancements that they're making because they're just kind of swimming in a sea of all these other tricks and videos and stuff, you know what I mean? And scrolling that goes on. Of course. Yeah. Or, or bombarded with different writing is so, yeah. yeah. Things come and go so quickly. It's almost hard to appreciate what you just saw. Cause yeah, and, it's gone and you yeah. just forget about it. And another thing is that, and I heard, I, I've been thinking about it and then I watched a uh, nine club. I don't know if you watch nine club or that's another like, kind of like podcast. With, uh skateboarding scene and no, i've heard of it but that's cool i need they to. were they were um talking on the same concept and they were like nowadays there's no set of core like 20 or 30 skaters who were like top level who were first pushing the the scene and everybody kind of looked up to them and then, you know, there's like a second secondary level of dudes who might be below them that everyone kind of looks up to and sees. And um, now it's just almost just like level. Here's another dude that did something awesome. All right, he's here, gone. Tomorrow there's another clip. Somebody else did something crazy. That was awesome. Like, scroll. All right, tomorrow, something else. You know, oh, yeah, we forgot what he did. You know, three dudes back. Oh, yeah, I can't remember that. Um, it's almost like saturation. So, yeah, it's like nothing really gets to marinate, I guess. You know what I mean? And really push it forward, which brings up another point <laughs> I want to say. And that is, um, you know, um, Stephen Lapsley's last video that came out. And you got Pedro Melo in there doing tricks that <laughs> yeah. I one thought wasn't possible. You know what I mean? Like, I'm usually like, yeah, almost anything is possible, but I didn't think the physics were there to do a certain a couple moves that he did in that in that um in that video part that he did. One mm-hmm. of them was like the one footed hitchhiker to do it for so long. I know Marty did it real quick and like took his foot off for like a second and got it right back on, like way back in like I think it was like linked or something like that. I remember that. Yeah, but Pedro really hung on to it. I think Pedro I remember went yeah. and like i had to like straight up ask him like defies physics how, yeah i was like how, how did you do that dude like how did you do that you know um and so here's this guy basically opening new doors and directions in the you know in the progression and evolution of writing but he doesn't have the opportunity for the tricks to stay long enough for people to digest them and like take them to the next level, you know what I mean, and very and do the variations of them and all that kind of stuff. You see, you see what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah. What do you do about I it? Really feel like that's kind of putting a lot of a big kind of damper on the on the on the scene, and everyone ends up kind of just riding the same. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> there is a lot of uh, yeah, a lot of the same type of stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. Very uh, interesting. This phenomenon with social 
media and how we're consuming content. Yeah, yeah. It's good that we've got uh, Flat Matters to kind of weed out <laughs> a lot of the stuff out there. Um, yeah, I mean... Because I would not know where to start if I didn't have a few of those forums that kind of like, hey, watch this guy, because somebody else has watched it and thought it was worth watching. I'm not just looking at whatever. Right. You know, I'm letting somebody else weed out all the the nonsense. Yeah, but still, it still comes down to you watch it once or twice. And, and then, then I'm on to the next thing because it's so much. Yeah, not, yeah. yeah, so it's still so much. No. So how can all this great writing actually push the scene to progress, if you will? You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I don't know. What's the answer? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't really know what the answer is. Come on, Bobby. You got you to gotta help us here. <laughs> I really don't know what the answer is. On the other hand, on the really other hand, the internet does like awesome stuff too. So, for example, like the the thing that I was doing with the uh, with Che in Nigeria and Joe Sisman was helping, and also Bobby Burge and then yeah, the Africa Expo. series. Yeah, the Africa BMX Flatland Expo. Yeah, it's way cool. So that right there is an example of like super positive stuff that could only be possible with the internet. Yeah, and you know, new writers that we haven't discovered before. And now those writers like in different countries within Africa didn't know that they even existed. Oh, we didn't know there was writers in Tanzania. We're in Ghana. Oh, we didn't know these writers in Nigeria were over there. You know what I mean? And so on and so forth. Oh, there's like dudes in, uh, in Egypt. Okay. I had no idea. Oh, how about this dude in Cameroon? Now they all can like communicate with each other. And like the scene is kind of, forming and building and they're like you know kind of like a little bmx economy is happening you know you got to get parts and who can help with this and that and the other thing and like that's yeah, really positive phenomenal with the, with the internet you know what i mean sure sure no i agree yeah very so cool. so yeah it's it's very interesting and i don't know and to loop back to what we were talking about at the beginning with freestyling and the art, artistic vision and all that kind of, and the, like the, the vibe and all that, we've kind of lost that a lot, you know what I mean, in this um, social media age. Well, 100%. It, the like, other thing I, I note about that, Bobby, is we used to, like, I still have my magazines from the 80s, uh-huh. and like you're saying, it's a disposable culture now. See a guy you know, onto the next clip, onto the next clip. Whereas I would read and reread those magazines for literally years. You still are. Yeah, yeah still are. <laughs> yeah. And so I feel like the artistic, like the, the art, the, um, I guess like an art designer, I guess they call that position on, in the, in the magazine, um, really kind of like directs the, the vibe of what that magazine, what the information is, is emitting to, you know, and conveying mm-hmm. and, um, to, to the, to the people who are reading it, you know what I mean? Where now everything is structured in Instagram. It's an Instagram post. Okay. You know what? Like if I follow time magazine, it's the same structure. Whereas if you actually look at time magazine versus the freestyling, the art design is very different. You know what I mean? Between those two. Yeah. And that, it has a there's a reason why freestyling was not designed the same as Time Magazine, and Time Magazine isn't designed the same as freestyling, you know, with right. the belts and all that kind of stuff. 
But now it's all basically the same thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's all based on the the Instagram template for your post. You know, and so you kind of lose that. And also, you know, it's user generated, so it's like everyone just doing their best with what they have. And so if you're a writer by yourself, ah, just you know. Bye-bye. I got my, yeah, tripod or water bottle camera. You know what I mean? And aesthetically, it just does not look that good. Yeah, I, I'm doing I do. a few videos with my, my phone rested against my uh, my water bottle. I literally just bought a tripod, so you, yeah, I know you're happy about that, Anthony. Yeah, yeah. I just want to get you away from the highway. <laughs> yeah, that's a good thought. Okay, <laughs> note to self. Yeah, so, you know, very, you know, once again, it's like, cool i see everybody riding but at the same time we kind of lost a little bit of that excitement and vibe and um i think just the limitations of the technology of having making people wait makes it more special you know just overall everything is like more special like back back then so like for example when i first came to to hawaii just think about that like let's 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 do that scenario right how it would be now versus like how I did it in 98, 98. I knew I was going to go. And it was like, I remember there was an article in the ride BMX. One of the early ones that I had saved. I went back to that article. They said, if you come to Honolulu, go to this bike shop. Right. And bike then, factory. yeah, bike factory. <laughs> and then it was like, okay, let me bring this magazine with me on the airplane. Boom. Uh, Because I don't have the bike shop's like phone number or anything like that, right? So I got I get to Hawaii. I gotta look up in the yellow pages, you know, (laughs) this bike shop. Oh Anthony knows. (laughs) Find the address to the bike shop, right? Then it was like, um, how do we even get there? You know what I mean? Let me go get this map out. You know (laughs) try to find it on the map. Okay, drive over there. And then finally I walk in and Dennis Toyota is there at the counter. And that's the dude that was like featured in the magazine. And I'm like, <laughs> what? Oh my God. And then I'm like, I don't even know what to say. I'm so ecstatic that, you know, I found, you know, it's like a treasure hunt, you know what I mean? To even get there. Sure. So and the reward is that much sweeter. Yeah. And so now what would it be? Oh, Going to Honolulu. Oh, let me look on Instagram. Uh, yeah, here's these riders. Yo, let me just message them real quick. Yeah, I'm gonna be over there. All right, cool. You know what I mean? Just show up. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Here's the address. Let me punch it into my GPS. Boom, there it is. Show up at this time. Yeah. All right, I'm here for my appointment of riding. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. Yeah, That's man. It's too easy. Down. We got it That's too easy. You know what I mean? And so, I mean, it's just how it is. You know, I mean. It's just, that's just how it is. You know what I mean? So the, it just has to be accepted, but the consequence of that, and obviously we can't go back to how it used to be never, you know what I mean? But the consequence is that it's a little bit less special, you know what I mean? To go find uh, other people riding BMX and to actually go ride with them. It's just not, you just lose that little bit of specialness, you know, of the whole, the whole thing. The fact that it's that much easier is kind of spoiled it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, part part of it, you know, part of it. I mean, I, I mean, obviously, find more people and maybe have a better session. I guess I don't know, but um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's um, it's different. You know what I mean? Which I feel like is 
across all the action sports is kind of causing like a little down downward uh, play on on them. You know what I mean? Amongst other things, like you know, there's video games and all this other stuff going on at the same time. But you got media overload, so you're not like, ooh, when's the next video coming out? Ooh, when's the next you know mm-hmm. magazine coming out? Check the mailbox, not there. Check the mailbox, not there. It should be here, isn't it? Check the mail. Ah, oh, still not there. <laughs> the anticipation is just not the same. Thank you. You got it already. I didn't get it. Like, dude, I'm gonna go over there to your house right now and check it out. You know what I mean? All right, come over. Like, oh yeah. Even ordering parts now, like back in the day, it's like the UPS trucks on my street. Is that parts coming in? Now it's like I can track it from when it leaves the the bike shop till it gets to my door. You know exactly when it's going to arrive. Yeah. 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 All the fun out of it. So, so yeah, you know, I I think that really has a lot to do with, I think, kind of the the downward uh, trend of, you know, participation in it because it's, kind of a disposable thing yeah that's cool oh, i had my fill of it for right now what else is there you know what i mean mm-hmm. and like we said like new tricks you're not getting mind blown you know you're, you know when um the new video comes out you've seen everyone do their stuff like as, as it yeah. comes out you know what i mean sure so if you see the dude it might be it might be dope to see them do it in person but it's not something totally new that you haven't seen before. You know, I mean? not unless they've been hanging on to their Instagram clips for a year or something like that, which yeah. some guys do, but that's hard to do too. Yeah. So then it's like, oh yeah, this dude hasn't really been riding. You know what I mean? I guess. Yeah, exactly. I Start judging them. <laughs> right. So, so yeah, it's a very interesting uh, phase that we're in right now. And, you know, even for jams and stuff, you know, I was just talking to uh, Richard Aguayo, who I used to ride with a lot in Los Angeles. Yeah, shout we, out to Rich. Yeah, we were uh, chatting about it, and we we're like, I was like, yeah, you know, even at like you know one love jam and all that stuff, it's it's a reunion to catch up with people you haven't seen before, but it's not like, oh, these dudes showed up and did all these tricks that we haven't seen before. You know, we've all I mean? seen everyone's tricks. <laughs> yeah, we've already seen everyone's tricks. Ah, oh, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, he did that. Yeah, he did it. It was pretty dialed. You know what I mean? Or like dude, he finally pulled it. It was pretty sick, you know, or whatever. Not like, what did you see? Mm. I missed a jam. What did you, you know, what right. Oh my God, this dude did this trick. I'm trying to explain it. I don't even, you know what I mean? It was like so crazy. He did like, you don't really have. No, you're just like, oh, check out his Instagram. It's on there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So, I mean, not that, not that jams are bad, they're awesome, but it's like a little bit different than way it was before we were also um, before i forget this point because this is another point that we were talking about in that same discussion and that was we were talking about rouse uh in in hollywood and like how rouse kind of blew up for a little while there and it was kind of like there's a lot of writers that came to rouse we had Stephen and sarah which was like a regular me hollywood steve toggy and then you had like all these visitors stein grabber came day smith is riding there um you had like all these different dudes that came through Alex Jumlin. Like, there's a lot of people that John Dowker were there. John Dowker, <laughs> I think. John Dowker was there, and um, <laughs> and, these, and these like sessions would go down in like '99, 2000 era, and it would be like, oh, Nathan Pananzik is here, and whoever else. And he would be doing something new that he's just starting to work on or, you know, just learned or whatever. And 
That'd be exciting. It would be, yeah, it would be so exciting to see that. And it was definitely something you knew you were witnessing something super special because yeah. there was no Instagram for anyone to post their newest stuff on. So it was like, yo, that session last Wednesday was crazy. Nathan was in town. You know what I mean? Whoever else. These guys, they're, they're tricks before they captured it on video, before it came out in a, yeah, in a exactly. video. Yeah, you that know was, that was be, cool to be part of that. Yeah, exactly. You know, and that kind of just doesn't happen anymore. You know. <laughs> well, with that said, I mean that's it's kind of a bummer in a way. But what what are your thoughts of Flatland today? And and you know, thinking of that and just thinking of what's going on in 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 the scene today. Well, I guess there's a couple things, right? One is like the resurgence of the old school which is pretty much the biggest like growing segment of the, of the community, at least in Flatland. Um, actually, maybe even BMX. Uh, I don't know about BMX altogether, but definitely in Flatland. Um, it's uh, probably the biggest growing segment. Um, people huh. got buy bikes, you know what I mean? And they're searching the internet like, oh, what's going on? Oh, there's people still riding? I'm going to go get my bike. I want to get the bike that I always wanted. You know what sure. I mean? Now they got some money. Sure. They're in their forties or whatever. Yeah. And so that's really interesting to see that. And the dudes want to do the tricks that they used to do. I see that there's a, there's a couple guys in Japan, I think that are riding old school bikes. They're younger guys, but they're doing older tricks. It's actually um, kind of refreshing in a way. There's one guy in a pink GT. You know the guy I'm talking about? Oh, wait, you're not talking. Oh, wait, no, you're not talking about Taro. Pink Taro. I don't know who I'm talking about. <laughs> Most of the time, I don't. <laughs> All right. Well, anyways, yeah. So people um, are really into doing the tricks that they used to do and riding how they used to ride. You know what I mean? So you got HB Tuesdays. Everyone's out on the boardwalk. That was the boardwalk era where everyone's like kind of showing off at the beach, doing their tricks. You know what I mean? Kind of like more of a showman kind of thing. Um, and so – that's super interesting to me because they all show up at the jams and stuff too. They're busting out their '80s moves, and they're busting out their '80s moves. So they got that dude with the cowboy hat, and he's got his girlfriend in the leopard skid pants all the time, <laughs> doing all that stuff. Tyler, yeah, 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 yeah. They're out there doing it. It's interesting. Yeah. So that's pretty interesting because they're obviously since they're from that era, they respect that era, and they're showing that era's stuff. You know what yeah. I mean? So I think that's awesome. Um, now we're getting to the point like at in 2021, like year 2000 is like 20 years ago. So now the mid school stuff is just starting to be like classic. So people are talking about like graveyard bars again. Yep. Uh, non Kai hubs, um, all this stuff you got, um, Dudes, like, let's say Sequence is kind of starting to make stuff again and trying to set up his little team and things like that. So mm-hmm. I think we're going to start start to see. I'll see how where, where we go with it. But I think that mid-school stuff is really going to start kind of coming back again or people kind of, let's just say, respecting it again instead of it just being old. Because I feel like 10 years ago, Mid school was like just considered like old, you know. Yeah, what I mean? if you were stuffing a funky chicken uh, or something, everybody razzed. You're pretty much like out of out of style, 
Yeah, yeah. they were yeah. banished from. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, you know that's crazy. cool. It was really crazy. It was really crazy because I didn't subscribe to any of that stuff. I'm like, but it was happening. It, it was happening, and um, yeah. But I feel like right now, like dudes that are in their late thirties, forties are like, I remember Kwamen, and I remember you know those Aries and things like that, and I want that stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I want I want it again, and I want to get on a bike and I want to do the tricks that I did back then. Which well, you know, it's also easier to do those tricks than the stuff that's like uh, happening today. Like the top riders today are doing things that most people are never going to do. So wow. how does somebody, you know, get inspired to to ride freestyle if they have to do that? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if I totally agree with what you just said right there, but yes. Um, people want to do the tricks that they did. You know what I mean? They yep. don't want to learn like a brand new style. Sure. So, um, because I can say some new school dudes who are spinning in different directions and stuff like that. Hey dude, do a straight line hitchhiker. Dude, <laughs> so hard. I don't even know how you guys do anything straight line. Like, <laughs> oh my God. you know what I mean? I've had like top level dudes be like, dude, I don't understand that straight line stuff you guys are doing. so i I think people like you know whatever their foundational skill set is like that's what they want to kind of you know keep keep growing on that's what they kind of identify with so um i think we're going to see kind of like a little resurgence and also you know we've been seeing i've seen on uh instagram and stuff a lot of people posting old old stuff from like the mid school you know coming out people post tricks like do you remember this oh i remember that i remember that trick you know what i mean so it's kind of like a little resurgence of like dude this is some classic stuff that you know people are enjoying uh remembering going back to you know what i mean so um so i feel like you know that's going to be kind of like the next wave coming through um of what's happening within the within the community um of yeah, course, you got yeah. the bikes too, right? And so they have the bikes. And I, I, I'll make one observation that I'll say this one observation that I saw going through all these voodoo jams is that most of the riders that showed up there mm-hmm. all had brakes. It was really more like the newest new school guys and maybe some of the top pros who were brakeless. But when you looked around, almost everyone had like a front brake. Right. It was really interesting. I was like, hmm, you know what I mean? Look was at this. that going on 10 years ago? Yeah, dude, all the voodoo jams from the beginning to the last voodoo jam. Like when you would sit there and actually look at the people that showed up, not, even if they didn't enter the contest, that showed up, you know, to be part of this community, you know what I mean? Most of them had, um, most of them had at least a front break. Huh. I was like, hmm, this is interesting. You know, and most of them were older too, obviously, or whatever, but like, I was like, yeah, most of the people still have a front brake, even though there's this like anti-brake movement, anti-brake thing going on. Well, look at what's going on here. People yeah. got brakes. So yeah, um, so yeah, there's this uh, thing called "Don't Don't Stop Skill." It's kind of a newer uh, Instagram profile, and I don't know who's behind it, but this dude is going back, dipping back into these videos. And like showing these combos that were amazing, 
even he's doing all all combos so even those new school stuff you know what i mean that's like break list or whatever but he's going back to these like mid school and like you know late like mid 2000s kind of era and uh-huh. going these crazy combos that are like amazing you know it's like amazing writing you know that we forgot about sort of thing. That we forgot about type of thing and what's the instagram don't stop skill all right cool i'll have to follow that yeah, I've yeah. been I've been seeing a lot of uh, '90s Chase uh, videos in my Facebook feed recently. Mm-hmm. You know, I was watching them last night doing uh, one-footed whiplashes and just crazy stuff, but it was all from the '90s. <clears throat> yeah. So, so yeah, it's pretty interesting, dude. Oh yeah, a lot of stuff came and went that nobody really picked up on, mm-hmm. <laughs> just because it's too difficult. And certainly, Chase well, did yeah. a lot. Of- mm-hmm. Yeah, I think also, I think that's another thing with the internet that kind of changed the game. And that is the ability for somebody or let's say a company or a brand or anything to kind of experiment and do their own thing without worrying about what everyone's going to comment about on them on the internet. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? So right. brands are like that might want to experiment with the new part. They all got to think twice before they put it out on the market because they don't want all the haters. Yeah, all the haters to be like, "Oh man, that brand's putting out lame parts, man. That thing that that hub that they made, dude, that thing sucks, man. They, man, they put out lame stuff." Everyone's a critic. Yeah, you know what I mean. Whereas before, they could it put it out there and maybe it wouldn't sell because it did suck. You know what I mean? But okay, well we'll try again and put something else out there. Oh man, this is awesome. At you least know, they didn't have all these people tell them that that product sucked and some people would buy it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like, you know, it, whether it was good for the writer or not would really be the final thing. Not, oh, your whole company sucks because you dropped one product that didn't really work. You know what I mean? So that, mm-hmm. once again, is hindering the progression and of of the, in the evolution of like the sport and the whole industry. You know what I mean? Yeah, People most things that came along in freestyle were kind of lame products. Yeah, the things we talk about, you know. So think of all the lame products that have come and gone. Yeah, you know. Bad. Sure. But you kind of need those in order to get yep. to the awesome product. You know what I mean? Sure. And to have an industry that survives, you need to have gimmicky yeah. stuff. I think helps. Yeah. So I mean, even within nature, you need genetic diversity. You know what I mean? Not everything is not the same DNA replicated yeah. over and over again because it's going to die out. Whoa. So, I just read The Selfish Gene. Yeah. Okay. Good point. <laughs> I, I haven't read that book, but that's just how it is. You know what I mean? And so, yeah. So here we are. It applies to, too. Yeah, it applies to the, same, you know, the same thing. All of a sudden, it's like copywriter, copywriter, copywriter doing the same thing, tra- you know, tricks over and over, you know, ah, I've seen another dude, ah, he's just riding the same way as the next dude, ah, and like, ah I'm kind of over there, ah, I'm kind of mm-hmm. done. You know what I mean? Versus, oh, what's this guy got? Right. What's the next one? What's Ooh. that mutation over there? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Basically, you know what I mean? That's exactly it, you know? And so... That's an evolution, yeah. right? You gotta have people doing different things, even if right. they're wacky. Yeah, some, of the, some of them will catch on. Mm-hmm. Some of them are better. So, so I don't know. Maybe, who knows? But I know that there are a lot of writers out there. And maybe this whole coronavirus is doing us like a favor in this regard that all the contests are kind of shut down right now. 
because the whole flatland industry is basically obsessed with contests. We went from the parking lot era to the contest era, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of never even left that to like, what's, what's beyond the contest? Does anyone even know? We don't really know, right? We're just like, I guess that's the end, you know? That's what um, we've been doing all along, yeah. And I'm yeah, with you on this, Bobby, I think. But now that these contests aren't the, the center, you know, of attention and focused on, like, okay, it's kind of open now. Let's kind of, what else are we going to do? You know what I mean? Online kind of contest, okay, that's a little bit different. You know what I mean? Then showing up for your run, you know, that you've, practice over and over into your routine now it's like oh well this guy can do a contest but we're gonna have different winners and different type of things because now a dude can go and do like the hardest trick that he's ever done you know what i mean and try to get it on film so we might see something different right i can come down to two minute run nice master creativity maybe we'll see something different you know what i mean you know like you can't really show up doing all the same tricks it's about being creative okay something different you know um now maybe we can see all these riders who did ride differently than what was the trend. You know what I mean? I'm like looking at all these dudes and I'm like, man, this dude in Kyoto's killing it. But where does his riding really fit in within the contest series? Like not really going to show up to fees and like do his run with his tricks that are like original and crazy, but it's, you know, it's, it just doesn't really work. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? So like, just judging them and stuff you know what i mean about you know what's beyond judgment what's beyond judgment of flatland you know what i mean where 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 is that yeah i don't think it should be judged it's art so you know yeah so where's the evolution what what's beyond that you know and it doesn't seem like we were able to like get past that really and i feel like whatever that is wherever that is that's the that's going to be like the real treasure of of flatland you know what i mean or BMX totally like whatever's beyond there. I feel like <laughs> <laughs> deep thoughts by B carts. Yeah. <laughs> it's out there, whatever that is, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. I always figured like as the, as the, as we went on this timeline, there would just be more tricks and more dudes with different skill sets that can expound on tricks in different ways. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And different, different characters and different, um, you know, personalities and different ways to apply BMX within the lifestyle. You know what I mean? And I thought by now it would be this huge like tree with all these different branches of all this crazy stuff. But somewhere around 2009 ish, 10, all the branches kind of pretty much got cut and we got one branch, you know what I mean? And like, that's what we, that's what we <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. With the contest, uh, with the contest for sure. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. It almost like, I mean, it almost became un-freestyle. The world championships, like a, a compilation video from 20, let's say whatever, 2012, 2013, somewhere in there, 14, 16, whatever. And then look at one from 2004 or five. There's more original riding in 2004. Dude, every rider in that pro class is riding differently, dude. Yeah. All have their own style, their own moves. As soon as a dude shows up, you're like, that's that dude. You know what I mean? And I'm watching him do something that only he does. And then if you look at 
more past 2010, it's like, okay, here's another dude. Yeah, he's doing some hard tricks. It's in the similar same vein as the other one, but is know, it because made- brakes had to come off and then it kind of streamlined? Yeah, uh, that, exactly. I think that has a big, big piece of it. You know what sure. I mean? You're going to um, be able to do less tricks if you don't have brakes. I think it comes well, down. To- I don't know if you want to say less tricks because tricks are pretty much infinite, but it kind of funnels you into a similar style. Let's just say that. You know what I mean? I agree with that to some yeah, extent. A similar style. Um, and so, you know, and also scuffing was looking down, looking down like any kind of tire contact. You know what I mean? It was like, oh, man, he's touching a tire. Oh, my oh. God. <laughs> You know, oh yeah. Flat, here's a citation. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, so yeah, I think um, it all got kind of pruned down to like one one brand, and this was it. And this is the flow style, and this is what let's just say looks good to an audience or something. And but I'm just gonna say this: it's, it's boring, dude. It's, yeah. it's boring. I watch it. I'm like, okay, I've seen it. Okay, next contest comes out. Okay, cool. Uh, I've seen it. You know what I mean? So, I feel like there's a few characters in the pro class that really influenced that. Um, I'm not going to say any names, but I feel like they really pushed a certain yeah, style. And, uh, and like you say, it was kind of like if you were outside of that realm, you kind of got pushed out. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think it's unfortunate, to be honest. Um, I would agree with that. Not that I'm a big part of the contest scene. I never really cared for contests anyways. Though it does it does bring people together. That's what I liked about a contest. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. Hopefully we can, uh, yeah, maybe this will get us beyond the contest scene. Because I don't think contests really demonstrate what freestyle or flatland is about. I think it's more about being creative. And the best riding always goes on in the jam or practice. It never happens during the contest. People get nervous. Some people uh, are better at it than others, but it doesn't mean you're a better rider because you... Well, you, yeah, I mean, I, I'll also say that I don't think that there doesn't need to be any contest. They are there and they do serve a certain purpose, sure. which is probably a different pers- purpose than it was in the 90s. But they do serve a purpose... And they do have some sort of like high level kind of uh, exposure to a certain extent, you know what I mean? And definitely for the dudes who are, you know, on the energy drink teams and all that kind of stuff, um, you know, it does help them with their careers. And sure, and you can make some money too. You can make some money and all that, but it's not the only thing, you know what right. I mean? Right, yeah. I and mean, I feel like the other stuff has kind of been – shut out some some parts because of technology and like around social media and the videos and magazines and stuff and you know other parts was kind of like everyone trying to be the same as opposed to different and Mm -hmm. yeah it makes me think of the uh fact that like skateboarding a lot of skaters or pro skaters have never entered a contest in fact most of them right they just made a career off putting out material edits and 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 you know doing what they do and whereas freestyle or flatland at least was always like seemed like the guys that made money were contest yeah. riders and the guys so, that put out parts not necessarily made any money so you're talking about all these other things like uh besides contest and there's skaters out there that um don't go to contests there's also surfers that don't go to contests too um but there was this skateboarder magazine that came out in 98 
and I remember being so stoked on it. And like, I brought it to Wolverine Tower parking lot. And you were like, dude, why are you buying a skate magazine? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds like something I'd say. Jody and, Temple's the same way. Jody Temple's obsessed with skateboarding. I'm like, what? Well, okay. So that magazine was definitely showed me something about it. And I remember reading that magazine. It was like one of their special editions. So it was oversized. It was like this huge thing. And like the cover of it was this like curved rail in the middle of a desert that somebody had set up and the dude's doing like a five Oh grind over it or something. And, um, and I remember reading almost every article in that magazine, like cover to cover. And I was like, dude, I'm so entertained by this whole thing. And, um, at the end of one day, I was just thinking, sitting there looking at it. And I was like, dude, there's not one contest story in this whole magazine. Mm-hmm. Not one, like zero little contrast. And, and I was like, that's crazy. Like, there's no contest reports in this thing. And it was all stories about different skaters doing different things. One dude was like this scientist and like animal wrangler dude. And another dude, like they, these guys in Ohio had this barn and like they would just have these crazy blowout parties in this barn with this bowl. These other dudes went to Vietnam and Hong Kong on this like crazy road trip and like, and this yeah. other one was like kind of more of like an artistic, like um, an artistic, uh, almost like a photo gallery where they got these big blocks of ice and uh, would shine different lights through it. And dudes were grinding on the ice blocks and stuff. And I was like, man, this is crazy. Look at all of this awesome stuff that they're doing with skateboarding. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In not one contest. And I was like, dude, this is like really the true, like, this is the lifestyle of like skateboarding. You know what I mean? That's what what we're lacking. And they were able to fill up a whole magazine with all these different stories and interesting things. And, um, no contest. And it was, yeah. And I, at the, like, I didn't really realize that until like a couple years later when I was like reading it again and I was like looking through it, I was like, dude, there's like no, not one contest article in this thing. Mm. And I was like, that's crazy. They never were big on that. I remember, I remember if I could get Thrasher back in the day, I'd buy it. And uh, it was always lifestyle. Yeah. And I, I feel like that's, I feel like that's the biggest thing that's missing in BMX right now in this new age. I 100% um, agree with you on that. Like all those kids are like the new school guys or whatever. Like, like I said, when we did Streets of Madness, it was about, okay, I got this clip, I got this trick, boom, boom, trick, trick, trick. That was about it. They didn't think about any artistic stuff that they could do with it or other expressions that, you know, create a different vibe or, you know, just the joy of being a BMX rider. Like, what does it mean to even be a BMX rider anymore? You know what I mean? Like, just do tricks, you know? I mean, at that point, it's like a yo-yo or something, you know? I, oh, I got all these tricks in my room that I do, and it's sick, and I do this crazy <laughs> one. And it's like, uh, you know what I mean? But... It's not like, yo, we're kind of like anti-establishment riders. You know what I mean? We kind of do what we want and kind of make up the rules and kind of create the the life that we want to kind of live and all that kind of stuff. It's kind of not not there. You know what I mean? Sure. Like all the stuff with Hoffman question authority. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, 
Oh yeah, I, I talked about this with Anthony in our first episode. I, I think we really just identified with the culture. It was yeah. it was way more about the culture and and yeah. the feel than than mm-hmm. the tricks. The tricks yeah. were not priority. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean they were and there. So, anyways, I feel like that there still is like an amazing scene with people doing different things out there, but it's just not being covered you know what i mean or Not being covered properly if it is yeah you know so mm-hmm. i mean it's, it's a backstory it's always more interesting job. you know it's a big job so if there's not like a, a business kind of around it it's not like it's really just going to happen voluntarily you yeah, know he's I mean? going to do it yeah mm-hmm. yeah so that's kind of another issue right there you know like <laughs> you can build a business around it then it's like oh well i get paid to you know go around and and find these stories and you know and we have the time to make them and people are stoked on them. And then you got advertisers in the magazine or whatever it is. And, you know, okay. so you get, you can keep going and doing that, but if you can't, it's like, okay, I got to volunteer my time to do this. Yeah. How long can I sustain this? You know, what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that's where we're at. <laughs> Welcome to the well, banter podcast, Bobby. That's yeah, how we roll. Yeah. Thanks for bringing <laughs> us all down here. Well, with all that said, Bobby, we've have uh, two hours, fifteen minutes now. So wow, what is crazy? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure we could talk another two hours and fifteen minutes, no problem. But um, what does the future hold for Bobby Carter? Um, to be honest, I'm not really sure. Um, right now, I'm trying to enjoy being here in Hawaii, which is amazing, kind of dream come true for me. And it's actually better than I thought it was going to be when I first moved here. Um, I really enjoy the BMX scene here because it is kind of a throwback to the way it used to be as far as like everyone who rides BMX here are basically friends. And because of how close we are together, proximity wise, and how the island is built and the things that we can do, we also have fun off the bike as well as on the bike. So it's really like a real community. It's not just like parking lot friends, you know what I mean? Where you just kind of show up, ride with the dude or whatever and go home and do your own thing. It. Yeah. It's like we can ride and then we can go jump in the ocean, go on some hike, go hang out and chill, whatever. It's like this real awesome scene and there's actually kind of a lot of crossover between street and flatland now. So there have been days when I show up at my spot and these other dudes want to work on their flat ground tricks. You know what I mean? And so here we are and there's like five, six dudes and we're all in the parking lot or not the parking lot, but like on a court or something. And um, we're working on various tricks and they're they're I mean, they're doing a little bit different stuff than what I'm doing, but you know, there's still a lot of crossover and we're having fun, you know, learning different tricks and doing things. Totally about, right? it's, yeah. it's, I think that's, uh, I think that's amazing. And I feel like people want that. And hopefully, you know, through the technology that we have and as things kind of progress, we can kind of get, kind of get back to that sort of, sort of, or somehow, I don't know how, but <laughs> it's happening here. That's all I know is that it's happening here. And it's like, probably the most active and fun scene in the United States. Living the uh, dream. You got your boy Lindsay out there who kills it. 
I know that. Yeah, you got Gingy, there's the old school riders, you got like the street riders and like the park dudes and like it's just amazing because it's just like we all kind of hang out and stuff. Like I spend more more time in a skate park than I've ever have. You know what I mean? Like I you did that 50 50 the other day. Like, what? Bob, yeah, you no. Know? So before it, when I was in California, everything was so divided out and like it, you know, hang out. But now it's like, oh, I might have a session and then Tonight, Big Island might be like, yo, Ninja Warehouse. I'll be like, oh, I'm over there. And next thing you know, I'm fooling around on the mini ramp, playing drums. You know what I mean? All that. So Good time. Hang with your homies. Yeah. I think think people want it, and I think that's the future, dude. Like, (laughs) It's going to come out some way. Is Bottle out there? Um, Bottle comes back and visits. Like, um, He has a house out here, um, but he works and lives mostly in San Francisco. McKinney is he in? Is he in Hawaii? Yep, McKinney lives over here full time. He ride him? I want him to ride more. Um, <laughs> but yeah, after his hip, he had hip surgery, so um, that's understandable. How about been riding so much, but yeah, we all want him to ride more. We want Sean to come out and ride with us more. So <laughs> uh, yeah, Sean Parker or McKinney? Yeah. Uh, oh, I was talking about McKinney. Um, hey. Parker lives on Maui. He's okay. out there. Um, I don't see him. Different out, uh, island. So um, he's one island over. So I haven't seen him for a while, but um, I usually try to link up with him if I end up on Maui or if he comes over here for whatever reason. Okay. Um, to Oahu. Yeah. Great rider back in the day for sure. Yeah. So he's cool. Um, yeah. So right now that's, I'm trying to keep trying to live this dream. You know what I mean? So you've been talking about moving to Hawaii for, since I can remember. So I'm stoked that you finally did it. I'm also stoked on the fact that, uh, you know, whenever I get a chance to go, I got somebody show me around. Yeah. (laughs) You've already been here. What? Once, once or twice. Only the one time. And I've been wanting to get back, you know, when is there going to be another Hawaii jam? Um, I don't know. With COVID, it's kind of hard to have like an official jam, but we did actually have a jam last week or two weeks two weeks ago um and it was pretty amazing because that was the first time we all got together um and uh, all the different crews from around the island kind of came together for like one day and it was kind of like a big mob of like 30 or 40 riders and we just hit all these different spots and then we ended up at uh, makiki which is um the spot where i normally ride flatland at and there's like um, there's some other stuff to hit too, like handrails or whatever, but it was pretty cool that we ended up there and like big flat land and flat ground session went down and like dudes buzzing all over the place, hitting handrails and all sorts of stuff all over the place. And it was, it was, it was great, dude. It was, it was amazing. And I was like, yeah, this, yeah, this is why I'm here. That's what it's all about, man. Yeah. Hanging with your homies. Awesome. Well, Bobby, I think that was pretty fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. What do you think, Anthony? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you got a lot to say, man. You got a lot, to, yeah. a lot of knowledge. And uh, I appreciate you uh, joining us on BMX Banter. This is uh, Anthony and I uh, decided to do this little project here and, and, and yeah. make a, a podcast. And uh, we're having a lot of fun doing it. So getting guests like you is only going to help us out. That's awesome. Yeah, no, it was it was great listening to you, Bobby. I took like a page full of notes of things I want to check out now that you mentioned <laughs> along the line here. So yeah, 
Yeah, well, I love BMX, you know, and um, I plan to keep riding till, till whenever, you know. So <laughs> hopefully more Hell awesome yeah. to come, you know. Hell yeah, man. Well, let us know when you organize that trip to Brazil. <laughs> All right. Cool. <laughs> I'll get a VW bus specifically to pull around there. <laughs> we, we can pull in a, a Nathan Pananzic and drive down from uh, Vancouver. <laughs> Hell yeah. Awesome, Bobby. Thank you so much. Uh, okay. I all think right, that's man. a wrap. What do you think, Anthony? We good? Yeah, we're all good. Thanks all a right. lot, Bobby. Appreciate well, you. Yeah, mahalo, Anthony, and mahalo, John. Thank Shoots. you. All right. All right. All right. All right. You're listening to Banter, a BMX podcast with John Decker and Anthony Berardi.